We're too close to the zoo. What about the aminals? You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Dame DeLorean. Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. Lorian and Spencer. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Walk on. Smoke on. Smoke in a bowl, sir. Spark one up. Wow, wow. Spark one up. Spark one up. Spark one up, friends. In the bowl. Welcome back. Welcome back. Another Tuesday. Token Tuesday. Token Tuesday. You know the way. Back in the bowl. It is the first bowl of the new year, 2021. It's January 5th. Can you believe it? I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And boy, do we have a show for you tonight. I mean, I think this is the... most stacked I've ever had of stuff to talk about in a show. I just feel like... Starting the new year off stacked. I mean, it's wild. It's wild. A lot's happened this week. You brought a lot of clips I see, or a lot of uh, stories anyways. Yes. Anyways, anyways. I'm clipless. Clipless. Just like I am now dreadless. Dreadless. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this. Uh, so my <laughs> my dreadlock was longer than the rest of my hair. I had one single dreadlock from probably around 2012 is when uh, my buddy gave me a dreadlock. Yeah. And I was sitting in my our office chair, our chair here that I'm still sitting in, and I leaned back, and then the back of the chair separates from the ass part of the chair that you sit on. Mm-hmm. And my dread slipped into that crack, and when I <laughs> sat oh, up, Lord. it was caught, and I leaned forward to do something, and it just ripped right out of my head. Well, she's dead. It was only hanging on by about three hairs, though. I was I mean, surprised. You saw that, it, yeah. And I mean, you were I thought, surprised it was hanging on when you saw the con- <laughs> the state it was in. I th- I've been thinking for months you're going to lose that thing every day, any, I, any day now. But I've been thinking that since Asina was born. It was like right before the ago. New Year, though, yes. wasn't it? Yes. Just like right before. Yeah, starting the year off without a dread. Boy, starting the year <laughs> off. Um, it's hard for me to even f- really put my finger on where I want to start uh, with this one because we're going to have, I think, a few new listeners. Um, and yeah, I want to talk a lot about lightning nodes and getting into lightning. In fact, that's the episode title. I already hit this is the first time I've ever picked out an episode title before the show even starts. Wow. Struck by lightning. So this is episode 57, Struck by Lightning. If it's your first time listening to Bull After Bull, thank you, welcome. And um, it might, you know, be a show for you. It might be a hang for you. Also might not. Um, This is by no means like a tech-forward podcast. This is by no means a uh, crypto-forward podcast. But we are going to be talking about that kind of stuff more often because we're getting into the podcasting 2.0 value stream and uh we're going to talk a little bit later about that 
how to get into it, what I've done. Uh, I've got some clips that they talked about on the last Podcasting 2.0 episode, so that was really cool. So we're going to get into all of that tonight, but first, we want to start off just by thanking some folks. Uh, first and foremost, No Debit, who provided us with the infrastructure that you're listening to right now if you're listening to the live stream. So you can find that at bullafterbull.com. You click on Listen Live. The link to the streams there. There's some other fun links. We're in the IRC chat. Uh, that's Zero Node and um, the Bull After Bull channel. You can do the hashtag Bull After Bull and get there. Thanks, NodeBit. So thank you, NodeBit, as always. And executive producers Dave Jones and Adam Curry, thank you for boosting on Sphinx Chat. Uh, our small little no agenda tribe fledgling, but uh, we're going to build that thing up. We're going to build that thing up. And again, that conversation's coming up. But we had so much New Year fun, uh, and I kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit. We were all in that New Year's Eve stream, the no agenda stream. Um, well, really, it started with Hog Story. Yes, started in the smoker. Starts like all night, good nights do, in the smoker uh, <laughs> with Hog Story episode 145. And if you go back and check that out and listen to it, if only just to like scrub through to the cold reads, that might be the most fun I've ever had so far in podcasting and like the funniest thing I've done so far in podcasting, you and I. It was a gem. It was so, I I mean, it had me cracking up going back to listen to those parts (laughs) just because of the the voices that we kind of inspired out of each other. It kind of like, I don't know, for me at least, I was playing off of like, when I finally got to this old uh, Colonel Sanders ass sounding Kentucky Fried Chicken boy, the mint like, julep man, it was so great. I can't even like get into that mindset right now because it was just so in the moment and like <laughs> I didn't even realize where it came from until I re-listened to it and I heard Fletcher his read right before mine that I busted into it like <laughs> just triggered me into that guy somehow. But that was so fun. It's always fun to go on with uh, Carolyn and John. Hogstory.net, check it out for sure. That is a podcast you don't want to miss ever. Why would you ever? In fact, last night was a hog story because it's Mondays and Thursdays uh, at 7 Central. And last night, I was so impressed. Uh, John and Carolyn podcasting for nearly an hour and a half, and then it uh, came to uh, Mr. Fletcher's attention that the show had not been recorded and weren't recording, and just like... straight up soldiers man they just they were like you know what it's no big deal we got all of our stuff we'll just take it from the top and we'll do it and they just did the show still and i just was like so impressed with those guys um they didn't let it damper their day couldn't even like it didn't even seem like a hiccup they just like reset the thing and then kicked it off again and um that kind of thing i mean easily could get under my skin (laughs) to be as mild as possible (laughs) I would start shouting and throwing things and all kinds of nonsense. Oh, they're professionals. They are consummate professionals in the smoker. And I uh, can't say enough good things about those folks. Wonderful, wonderful people. Um, and then, yeah, that turned into the New Year's Eve stream where we just was like, it was like the great pod orgy of 2020. Yeah. Everybody was in there. It was like you and me, John and Carolyn. Uh, are you really going to try and go down the was, list? It was Sir Bimrose and Dame Bimrose were there. Was Darren Owen, his wife. Darren and Kim. Kim. It was Cold Acid and Abel Kirby. It was basically all of the No Agenda couples, you know. <laughs> yeah. If, if you think about it. There were so many. No, I can't even possibly go down because that's not even half the people that were on the stream. And there's no way. I don't have a list in front of me. I think Darren O had access to the list or was keeping the list. Sir Matthew. Booberry. Sir Matthew was in there. Booberry was in there. 
Wowie Zowie. And yeah, I'm just going to look like an asshole if I try to name everyone. Yeah, exactly. Because of the exactly. guys I forget. But we're, we're scraping the surface there. It was so much fun. And then we had, uh, oh yeah, Sir Seat Sir Sitter. Sir Seat Sitter was in there, yep. Blueberry reminds me. In the, yeah, Sir Seat Sitter adds in a six pack. Um, everybody was in there, man. It was crazy. And you got your hood mic going. Nick the Rat, I think, was in there. Oh yeah, Nick was in there. Can't forget Nick the Rat. See, see, this is what I do. Now it's like... I'm going to, an hour from now, say somebody else that was in there. Yeah, exactly. That's why I was like, are you really going to go down the list? If you uh, found out tonight that I'm an asshole, you can email me angry emails at spencer at bullafterbull.com. And uh, your concern will be totally addressed in an expedited fashion. The hood mic was set up, though. That was a first. So New Year's Eve here in the hood and Fourth of July... It's a uh, twice a year tradition to go outside and shoot your gun straight up in the air like a maniac. Um, surely blanks that the chat asked me and people on the stream asked me. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> live ammunition shot directly into the air and then it comes down just like it goes up, as you would expect, uh, as physics dictates. It doesn't just go into outer space. You cannot shoot the moon from Earth. Uh, those bullets come back down to Earth. So um, we set up the the hood mic just to catch some of it and i do have a couple little clips let's see yes this is the hood mic wow I am oops there's a good one you hear that one i almost stepped on the gun that was a nine that was a nine for sure that was probably two streets over there's the 30 round clip dude you hear that There's me laughing in the background. <laughs> We're too close to the zoo. What about the aminals? So that gave me a great ISO, too. It's uh, true. What about the aminals? We're too close to the zoo. What about the aminals? You would expect the aminals would be an imminent danger. Not to mention all of the kids around. Um, that's, yeah, that's clearly, you know, 30 rounds of 5.56 five, going straight up in the air. And all of that comes down. Yeah. Now, luckily, according to the news this year... No one was hit by a bullet. That's good, at least. Very good. However, bullets flew through 12 homes. That they know that of. They report, that were reported, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, they were saying in the news also, you know, check your roofs in your attic because yeah. they'll come through the roof and you might not know until well, you get a leak. <laughs> we've had two bullet holes in our fucking roof. Yes. So it's more than just a little bit irritating. Um, this tradition of, of celebratory gunfire. And uh, I don't really know what you can do other than enforcement. I mean, there's just, there's almost no, enf there's no enforcement. No. Uh, every, every time these nights, these two nights of the year, uh, all the central, uh, the KCPD central unit cops will, the ones that are on duty will pull under overpasses, like under bridges and wait out the fire. They'll just wait it out because they don't want to get hit either. Yeah. And uh, nothing's ever done about it. No one ever, there's never any consequences. So it just keeps going on and on and on, I think. Now, the numbers were down this year from last year. Sure. And I don't know if that has to do with, uh, you I, know, the Rona. I think it was a perfect storm. The I snow think, was coming. I think the just Rona. A few hours later. It was cold as all fuck. Yeah. Um, 
there was snow and ice projected, and ammo is just goddamn expensive and hard to find. So all of those factors kind of combined to, I think, make it a little bit less than it usually is. Mm-hmm. But it still sounds like a fucking war zone for almost a full hour. Oh, yeah. But most years it goes on till like 3, 4 in the morning. That's true. And, and it, the, the it, frozen rain started at like one thirty or 2 a.m. Yeah. So that kind of dampened it for people, it did. It did end <laughs> early this year, which we were grateful for. Because usually we go up uh, to the Northland of my dad's house to hang out, but he was out of state well, we at had, the time. We don't have a mobile podcast set up yet. That's also true. Your ISOs and everything <laughs> attached. Yeah. So. And we had so many... Uh, plans with the stream and with the hogaroos that uh the yeah. hogonauts that we just uh decided to stick it out down here in the uh bowl after bowl war room now in kansas city they have shot spotters which are these devices set up around the city that like track gunshot sounds and those picked up 240 unique gunshots this year and they had 279 calls reporting gunshots on new year's eve Hmm. and they said when they did their calculations or whatever 1600 rounds were fired in total but that was significantly less than last year but glad no one got shot this year because that's the worst when you have people knocking on your door like days before the fourth of july with pictures of like dead little kids being like this was my daughter like she would be you know, eight this year, and instead she's dead. And people in their own homes, like, one guy had a bullet fly right above his head in his bed, like, mm-hmm. in his bedroom. It's just like, <sighs> Yeah, we get to the bottom floor and just kind of wait it out, but actually it was nice having the hood mic set up because we could safely listen outside without having to go near any, like, windows or doors or anything. You yeah. Know? I just had an XLR cable snaked out the door, and that mic, by the way was not any kind of shotgun mic or directional mic. It was just a regular cardioid speaking mic. It was just my third mic, my my shittiest mic. So I put that on a mic stand under my porch, and these shots happen anywhere from, I mean, it starts one street to the east of me, um, but all around yeah. the block, the two blocks, and really most of South, uh, East Central and Southeast Central KC. Yeah. It's a holiday tradition now. The whole corridor, really. The whole uh, Swope and Shrews corridors. There's a lot of celebratory gunfire. A lot of it. And I don't I don't approve of it. <laughs> Fletcher, I got your third mic right here. <laughs> <laughs> Always fun to troll along uh, if you join the IRC chat. Somebody will be in there. That's right. Before we go too much further, yes. I do want to wish a happy magic number birthday to Illuminatia. <laughs> My pregnancy buddy. <laughs> nice. We have like the same due date. That's incredible. And we, also, I mean, we both like announced on abs in a six pack, which was crazy. Oh, yeah. Remember? Because right. I had just found out yep. that morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were going to wait, but like there was so much talk about it and uh, Nadia was talking about it. And then we're just like off mic, like, you want to tell him? Tell him. Yeah. You might as well tell him. I mean, we're talking about it. Tell him. I mean, it would have been. I feel like it got to the point where it would have been weirder to not say anything. Yeah, definitely. And Nadia was like, I really would love like a pregnancy buddy, you know? Yeah. Her first baby. And I was like, I would love a pregnancy buddy. This is my third. And I've never had a pregnancy buddy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty cool. Remember we went to the childbirthing class with our first one and then we stopped going because the... <laughs> uh, 
the other folks in the class who were just that one guy looked like it was a bit of a dirty group but i mean god love them you know what i mean they're all home birthers you know oh yeah 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 but it was just silly and just i mean we fit right in being silly but oh yeah we were the silliest let's be real yeah maybe i got it done we got we got it done that's right we got the home birth done yeah, Without the classes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. So. Oh, you're back in school. I am back in school. Like, physically in school, too. Yeah. It was two days on campus uh, today and yesterday. How was that? It was all right. You know, I actually prefer being in person when I'm learning this shit because mm. you can... Uh, you can talk to people, like, immediately. I don't know. You can talk and ask questions over the Zoom. Ugh. But um, it's harder for me to pull myself back away from distractions. <laughs> when I'm here in the basement. In with, the bowl. <laughs> with, double, with double the screenage uh, versus being there at Centric in the classroom. So, I don't know. It's nice. Plus, there's, like, uh, you know, a dry erase board like that they can write things on. I mean, there's just so many different... It's all very subtle, but an in-person experience is way better than the virtual bullshit will ever be. It's just how it's going to always be. Um, But yeah, it was a fun week because we're getting into front-end frameworks. So like today we wrote like a basic little API that we can call upon in a different MVC application to basically interact with your data in a different way that doesn't directly call on a server. It calls on an API. And it really gave me insight into the API that the podcast index runs. And I've had dev keys to that for a while because like right when those were available and opened up, I signed up and got some keys. But now I actually know how to use those keys and implement those keys. So I'm going to be like digging into that and poking their API and seeing what it throws back at me and playing with the JSON results I get and seeing what I can do with them, man, see what I can play around. But um, that's really kind of what I want to get into in general, is podcasting 2.0. And uh, if you haven't been listening to that podcast that uh, Adam Curry and Dave Jones do, um, I don't think anybody who's hearing this right now is any stranger to Adam Curry, um, the podfather and half of the No Agenda show. Um, And then Dave Jones is the author of the Freedom Controller that you've heard Curry talk about a lot. And uh, that basically manages... Adam's blogs and posts and just about everything um, so that he can post that out and publish it easily. So I kind of, I should I wanted to say waded in, but really I dove head first into the deep end on this thing. I just, I got caught up with all the episodes because I was way behind and over the Christmas break I listened to all of them and got caught all the way up uh, to the current episodes and I wanted in on this lightning node I wanted in on the uh, the Bitcoin infrastructure that they're putting together. I wanted in on, they're talking about when you listen to a podcast through certain apps, you can stream sats, you can stream satoshis. A satoshi would be the smallest increment of a Bitcoin that's possible, is one satoshi. So uh, there's a lot of renewed interest in Bitcoin right now because the price is zoomed up. It did hit 33000 uh, over ding. the last week. <laughs> And, um, yes, there's a hundred million Satoshis in a Bitcoin. So a Satoshi is a hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. So with the Lightning ecosystem, it's basically 
a way to have faster payments at a very small scale, so little micropayments with way smaller fees. And the way that that's accomplished is through lightning nodes, and all of these transactions are done off the blockchain. So I don't want to really get into the big, heady, technical bits of Bitcoin because, A, it doesn't really explain much of what we're talking about tonight. Also, B, I don't really know a hell of a lot. I know enough, and I've used it. I've, I know enough to have used Bitcoin for a very long time. And I don't really like day trade with it or a lot of people. I play, I play some poker with it, and I buy some things with it, and I hold. Uh, and those are the three things that I've been doing for a long time with Bitcoin. Um, nowadays, with this podcasting 2.0 stuff, I want to see the money start moving around, moving in and out, getting value from it, putting value back into the community. So I kind of took some clips because <clears throat> Adam and Dave... Talk, mentioned me a little bit about the show because I was I was really uh, just up Dave's leg all week. I was messaging him on um, the podcast index.social uh, and then that turned into messaging him on Sphinx chat once I got into that. Just being like, how do I get this node set up? Oh, I'm an idiot. How do I do this part? Oh, I'm an idiot. How do I do this part? And he was so gracious with his time. I can't really say enough kind things about Dave Jones and how he's really like helped me through this, but uh, I kind of clipped some relevant stuff out of the episode, and so I'm just going to kind of do a play-pause thing and add bits as we go along here, and uh, we'll see what I even clipped here. This new year has made you uh, has made you forward-looking even more so than normal. It's energized that aspect. I'm I'm super energized, and I want to talk about uh, the podcasting 2.0 value for value pledge model streaming streaming money i just want to give everybody an update on where we're at and what we're thinking about because you and i've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes we didn't want to muddy too much stuff up and we're trying to figure stuff out but now we've had sphinx chat working for what a couple months now Mm -hmm. i don't remember when it first launched but it's been going for a while so here's so and it works Uh, this is what we know it works the system works uh, a lot of polish is needed, uh, certainly on the process of uh, of managing your, you're getting your, getting everything set up in your feed, uh, value blocks. Now, of course, we do have podcasterwallet.com, which allows you to 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 put your your node information into the index directly, which is beautiful. It's a great hack, and it got us got us moving. So I did want to mention that um, what he's talking about. There's a couple of different things. Sphinx Chat, first of all, is probably the most interesting and the one you're going to want to get into if you really want to get involved at this current point and just keep in mind that all of this stuff is in its early early stages i mean i think they'll bring it up a little later on but like already as a podcaster who's not really a uh okay i'll say i'm not an experienced dev um you know, in dev class, they say, they told us day one, you are now a web developer. But, like, come on. Uh, I'm still in training. And I, uh, although uh, for for job purposes, I'm going to go out and I'm going to say I am a web developer. There is sort of that imposter syndrome where it's like, well, I've been doing this for a very short amount of time. And there's a lot that I still have to learn. And uh, I imagine I'm going to feel like that for a very long time. But, um Basically, with my limited knowledge set, you know, there are 
things I still have to learn. There are brick walls I'm going to have to smash my head into a few times before I get into it. Um, but the Sphinx chat is actually just a chat app, and I'm trying to pull it up right now on my on my phone here. So it's a chat app, and in order to get into the Sphinx app, you need to be invited, and I have got one guy in, C-Mike, and Booberry is on the wait list, and there's a little bit of hiccups with that. So I put him on the wait list. Um, next day, I look. The thing that said he was on the wait list had disappeared, so I put him on the wait list again. Today, it disappeared again, so I put him on the wait list again. And I've also messaged a couple people uh, with just questions about it, seeing if it's okay, seeing if I need to do anything else on my end. Um, it's all kind of very new and in development and like early stages, like I said before. So there are bugs and issues and such. But uh, then he mentioned podcastwallet.com, or let me make sure that that's the right URL because he just mentioned it, but it'll come up. Podcaster podcasterwallet.com is just a very simple uh, page. It's built with the same, you know, style and look as the podcast index is. And you add your podcasts and then you can, uh, basically for people like myself and Lorian, we are on uh, Podbean and we don't have a lot of access to directly mess with our um, XML feed, our, our RSS feed to manually put different tags in so what podcasterwallet.com does is it allows you to just take your node address and assign it to your podcast feed so that when your feed spits out to everybody else one of the tags in the namespace is podcast colon value uh, and then there's a type there's a method there's a suggested rate which is the suggested stream rate and then uh, it names value recipients so the podcaster, that's your public node address that you put in there, and it will propagate to your public node. And then by default, it will also include the podcast index public node. And the great thing about this thing, the thing that's going to really actually take off, in my opinion, is the ability to split the value. So by default, when you set this up, 99% of the split goes to the podcaster and 1% goes to podcast index. What that means is... Every time that value is given to your show, it is then split according to those splits that you can customize and you can put in there. So the 99 to 1, uh, I think they suggested a one split to podcast index, a one split to your hoster, and then everything else to the podcaster to do whatever you please with. And again, this is all voluntary, so it's not like there's any law or rule that says you have to do this. Um... In fact, right here from podcasterwallet.com, it says, you are free to modify the value recipient address. You can split ratios and suggested amount any way you like. We ask for 1% to support podcastindex.org, and app developers and hosters are encouraged to take 1% also. So this 97 to 1 to 1 to 1 split is a good balance to support the whole podcasting ecosystem. And indeed, you can imagine once this thing scales out, all of this thing, you know, if, if the index is just taken a little tiny sliver, a 1% thing off of all the shows, that will keep it surviving and thriving without having to eat everybody's lunch. You know, that, that little 1% is negligible. Yeah, that's um, very cool. You can do things like artwork. Uh, the winning artist for that show gets a split. You huh. can do things like, oh, we have a featured charity that's getting our 10% split this week. The beauty of that goes even further because 
once you set it, you can set these splits show by show. And once you set it, you set it. So a year from now, five years from now, somebody comes back, somebody listens to your show. All of those value splits are still getting hit. All of those coins are still being sent to those uh, nodes and to those addresses. So this thing, the possibilities, I think, are just mind-blowing and fractal. So I'm going to play. I don't want to get too much into the weeds. I want to definitely get through my clips first. Um, But I felt like that was appropriate to talk about. Um, The issue at hand is, A, Sphinx is not a traditional podcast app by any stretch of the imagination. It has Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff in there that I think is great for the future podcast app, but it's, it's backwards. Here's a great place for your tribe. It's literally called the tribe. You've got all your buddies. People are listening. And while you're, uh, while you're listening to the podcast, you're streaming sats. Fantastic. Um, it doesn't scale as a typical podcast app. I do actually want to comment on that very quickly. That is probably the biggest issue that I'm having, at least right now, is getting other people into this. So with my audience... And even with me. Uh, so I'm an old coiny boy. I've used Bitcoin a long time. I could not tell your grandmother how it works uh, to the point where she would understand it and be able to use it. But I know how to use it and obtain it and spend it and send it and all of this. So I know that much at least. And with the Lightning node, it's totally different. It's an extra layer. So Lightning is going to be off the blockchain. So just assuming that you understand at least that all Bitcoin transactions occur on what's called a blockchain. It's the public ledger that shows everyone publicly every Bitcoin uh, transaction. It's all public and it's all verifiable. It's all uh, confirmable by everybody participating in the system. With Lightning, you take those on-chain coins and you spin up what's called a Lightning node. So you're going to make a... the initial transaction to fund it is always on-chain. You take an on-chain transaction, you send Bitcoin to a Lightning node. At that point, you can open up what's called a Lightning channel. This is where it got hella confusing to me. Uh, and I'm kind of still wrapping my brain around it, but I've got it um, sort of a little bit <laughs> figured out in a basic sense. Channels can go in two directions. So they're almost like hot wallets, you could call them. Um, and... The whole purpose of lightning. So let's let's take this into an analogy of a bar. Okay. If you're at a bar and you give the bartender your debit card and say, Hey, open up a tab for me, the bartender says, Okay. And then you're just ordering drinks all night on that tab. And then at the end of the night, you say, I'd like to close my tab out. They charge you for all the drinks that you've had that night. You go on your merry way. That's sort of like what a lightning channel is in that sense. You open up a off chain. Um, channel, and that channel can process lightning payments very quickly with very little fees uh, as compared to on-chain transactions. The main reason is you don't have to wait for anybody to verify that transaction. So going back to the bar analogy, an an on-chain transaction would be like if you had to verify with the cardholder every beer you bought... Mm but also verify every other beer that was bought on earth in the whole system before you were able to confirm the purchase of your beer and receive the beer. Now that's a pretty clumsy analogy. It's a clumsy metaphor, but I'm trying to kind of bring this to a uh, 
palatable way to think about it. So Lightning Chain is basically just faster, cheaper, and it's not it's it's more anonymous because it is off chain. So it's not like you're showing the whole world how much you sent where and when. The channels get tricky because they're uh, in one direction. So for instance, Lorian, if I opened up a chain to you, then I could fund that for X amount, whatever amount of sats I wanted to fund the channel and open the channel for initially. Whatever I choose, that is that becomes your ability to receive sats through that channel. Okay. If I want to, uh, and and then I can send sats through that same channel. You see what that, you see how that goes? Right. My channel is going to you, and then I can send, you can receive. Yes. If I want to receive, somebody's got to open up a channel to me and go the other direction. Okay. And then for the amount enough to fit your sats through. So you always got to fund it for more than whatever the transactions are going to be. Um, and again, I'm trying to make this a little less clumsy. Um, we're all in the bowl here together, so it's not like um, something that I'm going to be able to fully explain in, a, in an awesome way. And also, just jumping in early on this is sort of, um, I felt like I wanted to be a leader, not in a th- an authoritative sense, but just in a timing sense of like, okay, um, somebody's got to come in and bang their knees up and, and, and mess this up and figure it out and then tell everybody else about it. Now, he also mentioned the scalability of the Sphinx app specifically. And I'm having trouble, like I said, getting people into the Sphinx app so that they can start listening to the show in Sphinx and start sending uh, streaming sats to us. Um, so I can tell you, if little old me is having a tough time getting uh, a relatively, uh, let's say, a budding audience huh, huh, uh, into the Sphinx chat, then there's going to be issues for sure. Um but we're going to, you know, we're going to work on those a step at a time. Maybe another app comes in. Um, there's still a long way to go. And I think Adam is kind of referring to that in the clip. Because in order to do what Sphinx does, which is sending messages back and forth and also payments between people back and forth, you need to have what is known as a full node that does the key send protocol of Lightning. So there's an actual cost associated with setting up a Sphinx node. <clears throat> you know, just getting an account just to be able to play along. And um, I think that's a limiting factor right now uh, for two reasons. One, um, Sphinx has to have the infrastructure to, to spin those up quickly, which has been a, a bit of a bottleneck. But also, you can't be giving stuff away. You know, people have to pay for something somewhere. And since they're going to be putting money in to stream to stream money to their, you know, to pledge money to their, the podcast they're listening to. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on that is not sad. This is very much a Bitcoiners type experience at the moment. And I did want to say just to kind of piggyback on that, there is a cost associated. So one of the reasons it takes so long to get a Sphinx account is they have to spin up a full node that's associated with your account specifically. I shared a while ago a QR code where you can join the Bull After Bull tribe the caveat to that is you have to already have been invited to Sphinx and inside the Sphinx ecosystem in order to scan that code and for it to work. Otherwise, it's going to just tell you it's an invalid invite link because you haven't been invited yet. So the way I do that is I add somebody to the waiting list and then it it waits for, I don't know, I guess it waits for them to get ready to spin up a node. I'm not really 100% sure the process on the back end for that. But eventually with CMyke, I got a notification saying, hey, your invitation to see Mike is ready. 
are you ready to fund the node? And then I fund that node. So I spin up 4,000 sats, which is not, you know, I mean, it's a dollar and some change at the moment, but it's 4,000 sats to fund it. And then I give you that account and then you get into Sphinx. It's all cool. And you have 4,000 sats to play with right off the bat or whatever. I don't, there might be a fee, but around 4,000 sats. And then you can fund your wallet that way. You can do it one of two ways. So if you're, if you were like I was, and you just have on-chain Bitcoin, you can fund it to Sphinx on-chain. It just takes a while, and there's a big-ass fee. If you spin up your uh, a node for yourself, like I do mine, uh, I spun mine up through Voltage, and uh, I use a an app called Zap to open my channels and to send Lightning transactions and create invoices on the Lightning network. Uh, if you do that, then you can f- cheap. Uh, cheaply and quickly fund your Sphinx account. But those are the two ways to do it. But that's why uh, it's taken a while for boobs to get in. I'll let you know uh, right when I figure it out. And I'll try to get as many people in there as I can. Uh, and if anybody's interested in any of this or getting into Sphinx or getting an invite, just let us know, Spencer at BullAfterBull.com, and I'll, um, I'll do what I can for sure. Yeah, I mean, I can say that wholeheartedly but based on trying to get uh, Sir Spencer set up yeah. Over the last couple what, of days. What did and, you run into? You know, what were the problems you ran into? Well, he said, um, he said, well, I mean, I want to go all in on this. I believe in the future, you know, lightning. He's, he's the uh, what app is he? Hyper? No. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. no. So, uh, this, oh, is a, this is a pull. Uh, I he, think it's a crossover from No Agenda. It's kind oh, of the, he's uh, a podcast. No he's doing, he wants to do yeah. a podcast. Okay, got it. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. Got it. Yeah, and he's got a podcast with about 50 episodes, 50 something episodes in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like, well, I want to put it on. I want to put the podcast on Sphinx, uh, on Sphinx, so that I can uh, earn earn money, and then also I want to listen there, so that I can. He's like, I just want to be involved in this system. I want to be in the mix, mm-hmm. and because uh, I believe in it. And so uh, he said, well, you know, I want to. He said, I have a BTC Pay server, and can I use Lightning through it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, but it is. It really is a pain to interact with Lightning because I mean, you start having to mess with tons of config files and all this kind of jazz, and so. I was like, you know, really, you probably want to go get a nine dollar a month lightning light node from Voltage, right? Yeah, that's what. And so I he did. did that. He got the Voltage node. Didn't know he does not know very much about lightning in general. So I was kind of coaching him along the way. At the, the time way. this came out, I and knew then, next to nothing. Uh, got him in. Got him into Sphinx, which uh, you know had. I was mentioning Paul had to help me with the. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, we were getting a node, yeah. Getting a node. So got him into Sphinx. You know, had to get get him over to Podcaster Wallet to put that in. It was a very it was a very involved it was a very involved process to take somebody from sort of zero to a hundred like it mm-hmm. was very diff it was a challenge right and and it was a cha- it was such a challenge that I realized I can't even write this up in a document okay so there's your big challenge uh and it really was zero to a hundred for me I mean I, I've been Bitcoining for a while, but Lightning, even though it is Bitcoin, it's off-chain Bitcoin, and there's a little bit of extra steps. And I also never was a a, a Bitcoin egghead, even though I used it a lot. Uh, I used it for this and that and whatever, and I know how to use it. And I made it work for me, but I did, that doesn't necessarily mean I always understood everything about what I was doing. And so... I'm just imagining taking somebody who's never even fucked with Bitcoin at all and bringing them in and trying to explain all of this shit. Dave Jones just told us that he doesn't even know how to make a document. So one of my New Year's goals for this whole year, 
uh, is to take the bumps and the lumps and be one of the chumps and eventually be able to document this for the stoners in my audience, for the non-tech geeks in other audiences, for just podcasters who know how to podcast, who know how to talk into a microphone, maybe play clips, maybe play jingles, but they don't really know much about the coin. And it also was a bit of a frustration because we have a Bitcoin, a BTC pay server, um, which, by the way, if you want to send some on-chain value to us, uh, you can do that at bullafterbull.com. We have a Bitcoin pay server, and you can uh, spin up a QR code and send it to us very easily and securely. The um, the vision kind of comes with just going with it. I, 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 see, I see the vision that Curry has laid out for this thing. I see where he wants to take it. I see its potential. I see the splits. Um, it's just... For me, on the long-term game, it's a no-brainer. But in the short term, it's going to be very frustrating. So I just want to warn everybody who wants to come in here with me, it's not going to be easy, it's not going to be obvious, and I'm not going to have all of the answers, but I will work with you like Dave Jones has worked with me. Uh, and Christ, I mean, it was very frustrating. I'm not going to lie about it or sugarcoat that part of it. it it's not intuitive. It's not easy at this point right now in time. But stick with it. Because the future is going to be crazy. I believe it. I really do. Uh, we're going to go to clip two, if it loads. Uh, one of the things we ran into with, Spen with uh, Sir Spencer, helping him set that up, was, you know, getting the lightning nodes and up and running and all that stuff. That's just part of the game. Yeah. The next part is you got to make, you got to have a balance. You got to make a deposit in order to be able to open channels. So yes. You have to do an initial Bitcoin funding of your node, and then you and then you have to wait for the channels to open. Right. And so, just, just because there's open channels doesn't mean that that there's an open route. Correct. Um, correct. So, well, the routing is interesting. I, I'd like to know what problems you ran into there. Um, but that's if you're working with the vendors, I think that's quite solvable. So, mm -hmm. already in my mind. What we have, we have, what we have working one hundred percent right now is if you can, if you have a podcast app that can stream uh, Sats with KeySend, you can participate in the game. The podcaster side, we'll just put that over here for a second because you need a receiving node. Right. So you need a, a full node, which means you can send and receive, and that also means once you spin the full node up, and once you fund it, then you have to open up channels, open up these. Um, some people call them hot wallets. There's a lot of different ways to think about what a channel is. And honestly, working through this, uh, my mo my mode of communication with Dave was podcastindex.social, so I'm tooting Mastodon toots at him, and then a Sphinx chat app. Okay, so already it's a, a very new, very new technology. It's not really super well documented, and... Um, we are in the newest and least documented sliver of that, I would say. So on top of that, the challenges of communication with just, uh, you know, if, if you're a developer or if you're, uh, trying to, you know, solve these technical issues and you want, you, you've got like six or seven problems that you're not exactly sure how to describe, but you're having them. So you're like, you've got some screen caps you're sending and then you're laying out all your problems well, then, you know, you'd be lucky if one or two of those gets, like, answered on the reply because there's just a wall of problems, and it's like, well, let me answer the two problems that I can even understand what you're saying, and maybe from there you'll do another, you know, 
five or six searches and try this and try that. The biggest issue that I did have, he was right, was getting the channels funded and then being able to send lightning transactions. So even though it's Bitcoin and even though the currency that you're using is Bitcoin, really technically lightning can be um, constructed uh, on the outside of any of the blockchains. So for any currency, you can do off-chain transactions in a lightning style, but Bitcoin is kind of the default reserve currency for crypto. And so the lightning has the most implementation on the Bitcoin blockchain, or I should say off or above the Bitcoin blockchain. But um, basically, if you have an invoice that's a lightning invoice and you try to send on-chain Bitcoin to it, it's not going to work. It's not going to take it. You have hmm. to get that coin up off of the blockchain and into a lightning channel in order for that to be able to be sent on the lightning network. So um, how to do that is not super obvious, but... I figured out how to do that. I kind of understand how to do that. And then like he's saying too, you don't necessarily always have a path to where you want to send it to. So it has to find a channel open from this guy to this guy and then a channel open from that guy to another guy and then a channel open from another guy to yet another guy to wherever the hell you're trying to actually send it if you don't have a direct channel to where you're sending it. So, so really the more people that get in it and the more channels that get open between all of us, the easier this is going to become and the faster it's going to become. But at this early stage, just understand that it's going to take a while. It's, we're going to be walking uphill for a while uh, uh, trying to do this. Lightning Wallet developers are not going to necessarily be good podcast app developers because podcast app developers are nope. focused on a good yeah. podcasting experience. Yep. And, uh, and Lightning, no Lightning app developers are con concentrating on a good Lightning experience. Yes. And those two things really don't mesh very yep. well yep and so i mean it's really bad from a podcasting perspective from having a good podcasting app you really want the podcast app developers to be the ones designing the app and then the the lightning stuff really should be secondary i agree and i think once and and I, this is where i think we pay play an important role um, because we are in the, in, we are directing traffic. We are a part of the system. It, I think it has to work that way with, with an API. But the good mm -hmm. news is no one touches the money. The money goes straight from the listener into the designated wallets of the recipients. It, it, no one has to hold on to money or keys or anything like that. But, mm -hmm. but what excites me is now all of a sudden, if we can get our API in, now we can add stuff like a boost button. Uh, which is synced to the timeline. You know, now you're giving now you're giving uh, our our app developers all kinds of fun stuff to work with, and I think community chapters will also come out of it. So he's right in that you know there's just two different worlds right now, and there's not really much of a bridge, and that's part of what I want to be an answer for. Uh, I'm kind of in this weird, unique position in my life where I'm a very young developer, fresh, still in training. Uh, and not a crypto developer, not a Bitcoin developer, not a Lightning developer, just a web developer. You know, I know MVCs, I know web applications, I know um, how to call to APIs, things like that. So uh, full stack development, front end, middle tier and back end development of web applications. That's what I know. That's what I've been learning. I also been podcasting for a minute. I know how it works. I know how to do it. I know how to have fun. Um, so bridging that gap and even more so like being a cheerleader for other people who are going to come in 
much more knowledgeable than me, much more experienced than me, and be a part of this thing. I just want to kind of get the ball drop kicked, punt this thing, let's go, uh, let's get started in some way. This is how we do it. This is where we do it. We'll find those bottlenecks and we'll widen them out. We will come up on these brick walls and we'll knock them down. After doing this for, you know, maybe all of this year, I don't know, maybe faster. I really have no idea. But eventually, we're going to be able to document the thing and we're going to be able to bring more and more people in. It's going to be easier, more accessible. And that's my whole goal is just to kind of, you know, be a conduit for whatever's coming and just be at the table, be in the mix and be in the conversation. That's really what I'm interested in here. The the channels, the channels get frustrating that, you know, because I tried to send uh, Spencer, uh, Sir Spencer, I tried to send him uh, some test sats just to after we got him set up and everything. And I could send from one look from one uh, node I could send fine. And from another node, it just said in no, no route. Yeah, you, you're already three levels deeper than I want anyone to ever go. And so. What you know, Curry's vision, and he was right. Let's make a great podcasting experience and a user experience, and then on the back end of that, or maybe through an a, uh, API or whatever, you can tag on the ability to stream sats and contribute the value split, and that's an option, so people can opt in. Um, and what his vision is is just to be able to add that to all the current apps that people already use to podcast. Because I mean, let's face it, in anything. The hardest thing is going to be able to uh, that you're going to be challenged with is to get people to change what they're already doing, especially with a habitual show. Maybe they've been listening to for almost a decade. We've been listening to No Agenda, so uh, you know to get people to change is going to be tough. But when you ask people to give back value and then you give them another way to do it in this kind of exciting new way, they're going to at least have some openness to change and some commitment uh, is going to be available there. The trick is, can we make this easy and can we streamline it and can we actually get people through the door who are like me, who are like, you know, screw it. I got my helmet on. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to charge at it. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, I and, that, that's and that's what uh, a lightning service provider like a, a breeze, like a strike, like a voltage and also like Sphinx. That's their job. They have to make sure that you're that that there's routing on the back end. They have to, I mean, any any Lightning wallet you get from an app store, they're allocating uh, uh, funds into a channel for your app. And that, that was another key, you know. Um, it's not always obvious. You might spin up a channel and then say, well, hell, I made a channel. Uh, why can't I send my sats? Or, you know, the first channel I ever had open was Dave opened up a channel to me and then he sent me some sats and that was all cool. But like I couldn't send them anywhere. And the reason was I didn't have any uh, sats spun up into a channel. So when you open up a channel and you put sats in those that initial funding and pulling them off the blockchain, that gives you money to be able to throw around. Wing, wing, wing. So you can't spend coin that isn't there, basically. And if it's still on chain, then it has to remain on chain. Uh, if you send it. And the exception to that is opening a channel. So the open channel takes coin from the on-chain uh, state and it lifts it off of the chain into Lightning where it stays until that channel is closed. And then closing that channel is our equivalent of, you know, the metaphor earlier with the bartender swipes your card. 
So when you close the channel, the card is swiped. Any funds that haven't been uh, exhausted will just go back onto the chain, onto the blockchain. So there are two, basically there are two on-chain transactions, the opening and the closing, but really it's, you can think of it as a half on-chain transaction huh. each way. And like I said, I mean, I am just baby dipping my toes in this stuff. Uh, I can be stumbling. I'm sure there's people that know an incredible amount more than me that are like, this kid is a fucking idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And they're right. I am a fucking idiot, and I don't know what I'm talking about. I know enough of it to try and kind of get a conversation started, and that's the purpose of this thing. Uh, three more clips here um, that are all kind of relatively short. Before but... you go on to your next clip, I had a question. Sure. And I am more of an idiot than you when it comes <laughs> to this. Um, but is a channel per transaction or is a channel open between two people and then it can be like reopened whenever to have multiple transactions? That's a great question. So a channel, once it's open, stays open and it's kind of like it sounds. It is a channel. So you can send the sats through it uh, in whatever direction that it was opened in, right? But only that direction. Only that direction. Okay. So if you want to go both ways, I got to open up a channel to you, and then you got to turn around and open up a channel to me, and then we can send each other stuff directly. Now, if you open up a channel to me, and I have a channel opened up to Bob down the street, well, if I'm sending my stuff, it might be able to make it through the channel going to Bob to eight other people and get to you. It might be able to do that. It also might not be able to do that. So... um I could be totally wrong about this, but my feeling is that, you know, the more channels that you have to the more people, the better it's going to be because the easier it is going to be to send all of that stuff. And if in doubt, if you need to send something from A to B and you can't get it to B, the easiest way to do that would be to open up a channel directly to B and then jam through whatever you need to jam through. And then leave it open because more can come in or out of that channel. More can go through that channel. But it's almost like a one-directional phone line, if you think about it like that, where you can send the information through to that direction. My clip number five is not loading, so let's go straight to six. And there was a problem loading that, too. I might have to refresh here. Refresh. And then, so the Sphinx chat. Yes. You have to have your lightning nodes, these channels, set up before you can use the Sphinx chat so that you can get the invite and be all set up to right. do transactions there? Well, one of the challenges is if you're going to have a podcast on any... Uh, so Sphinx is the one I use and I'm aware of, and I think there's a couple others. I saw in the bowl earlier they shared a great link, uh, which is the, uh, I think, podcastindex.org slash apps, or I think newpodcastapps.com redirects there as well. But the one that's definitely is podcastindex.org slash apps. Those are all of the apps right now that are in some way, shape, or form Podcast 2.0 compliant. And then you can sort by um, a lot of different things what that means. Like some have imp implemented the namespace. Some have implemented funding. Some have implemented all kinds of different stuff. So you can kind of filter those out and look at, okay, what actually allows me to give value back? Uh, and I think there's a number of them. The thing that makes Sphinx kind of interesting is when you get into what's called a tribe, so each show has its own tribe. Uh, also, other tribes might not have a show at all. It just depends. They're little groups, 
and basically there's a join fee. So you're going to have to pay however many sats to join. Ours is 420, very appropriate. There is a per message fee. Ours is one, which is the default, one sat. It's a negligible amount. There is also what's called a stake, and that is an anti-spam mechanism. So the true cost in the immediate term for sending a message in our tribe is 51 sats. But the 50 of those 51 sats are what's called the stake. And then after two hours, that expires and it comes back to you. Hmm. So that just keeps you from like just blowing up the channel because eventually you're going to outspend yourself on the sats, uh, even though you're going to get those back later on. It just is a kind of a mechanism put into place to keep spam down. And then any message that you send in there can be boosted. So you hear him talking about the boost, the boost. So if you like a comment, you can like it by literally boosting it by throwing sats on it. Uh, just in the channel, you can boost. So I boost 420 to shows uh, all the time in there now. That's kind of my default boost. You can set whatever. Adam boosts 404 a lot. Um, Adam and Dave have both boosted our uh, our tribe, so that's why they're the the producers, the executive producers of the show. Very cool. Uh, and thanks again for that. So uh, you can also, there's a slider, and you can choose sats per minute of how much you're going to, spend how much you're going to contribute into this uh this lightning chain environment you can set that before you hit play on the show and then it will automatically play so there's there's a lot going on um, and that that's one good thing about like sir spencer he was like i, I want to be in this game i want to be i want right, absolutely right. want to be in the ecosystem but i yep. want to do it the right way from the beginning right 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 well and, and we're discovering that so i appreciate his boldness to jump in and uh, and not worry about getting scraped and burned and cut yeah. up. Well, that's what he said. He told me he's like, he's like I, I'm not real good at this kind of stuff. I'm not I'm not good. a command well, line guy. Yeah, that's good. You're gonna. He's like, you're gonna have to hold my hand through the whole thing. I was like, oh, that's fine. You know. Well, um, so he does. So he has a node up and running right now. That's all working. Yes, and he's got a tribe on Sphinx with his podcast in it. And um, oh, and good. All that kind What's of stuff, uh, yeah. what podcast is it? Bowl after oh, bowl. Uh, Bowl after bowl, I think is what it's called. That's right. Bowl after bowl.com. B O W L. Yeah, I'll have to look that up on the tribes. It's another one of those things you got to go to tribes in the web browser first. Yeah. And he doesn't say it all the way out, but what he's talking about is another URL. You do not have to be on Sphinx to pull this up. It's called tribes.sphinx.chat. That's where all the tribes live. And every time something happens in the tribe, they get bumped to the top of the list. So the most active tribes, or at least the most recently active tribes, are going to be at the top. And as I just pulled it up, ours is third on the list right now. So hopefully we're getting a little bit of visibility out of that. Uh, any of these tribes, you can click on them. It will show you the price to join, the price per message, and a QR code where you can just scan that baby on your Sphinx app, and then you can join in. Um I also recommend using the mobile app if you can. There's a desktop companion, um, but it just seems to not quite have all of the features dialed in or available yet at this point. So if you're going to go for one of them, go for the mobile app. Uh, I have both of them just in case I need to hop on one or the other. I really want to learn as much as possible, so I'm in everything I can be in, but I would recommend mobile for right now. And I, he was having trouble joining uh, Podcasting 2.0. Uh, tribe there's there's issues <laughs> i mean there's there's also just issues with you know it's it's big infrastructure wait a minute Tri it, it, tribes.sphinx.chat oh you gotta yeah. say it no yeah. i'm not getting mm -hmm. anything tribes.sphinx.chat 
It was down this morning. Oh, okay. So they're working on it. And so there Got you go. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, Do well, we, uh, anyway, so so I'm just going to be clear with you, Dave. My and I know you know it, but my vision is if we can get the lightning in, so many other things fall into place. And he's right. I mean, it's just a matter of time. The we see the gap that needs to be closed. I want to be part of the closing of that gap. Um, and anyone else who's interested, just feel free to email me or, uh, when we're talking also, you know, no agenda, social.com podcast index, uh, dot social, no agenda. Wait. Yeah, that's right. No agenda, social.com or podcast index dot social. I have account on both of those. You can message me there, but if you're serious, man, and you're in some trouble and you need some help, like let's set up a Skype or a Jitsi or something like let's talk voice to voice and uh it's going to be really tough to jump over a lot of these hurdles via just texting your problems and then waiting for me to get the email and responding like that's also going to feel frustrating because like when you get I know how these things go and sometimes you get on a roll and you're like oh I hit one little road bump but like maybe you know the answer if you know the answer right now I can stay on the roll I'm on or if I got to wait till tomorrow to get your message back then maybe I'm not on a roll anymore. And then I got to wait until I'm ready to implement what you told me to do in the message. So, um, you know, I don't have like, obviously like 24 seven time in the world, like no one does, but I want to be able to just put that out there of like, Hey, if we can solve that over a voice chat, let's talk it out. Um, and even maybe like a 15 minute, 30 minute phone call can get a lot more accomplished. I believe than necessarily email or text or something like that can. So I, I just want to put that out there too. Shortly, I plan on buying some Bitcoin to play in this new methodology of direct support you are all developing. So yeah, I I have two more clips. They're both under thirty seconds, but this is the it's a chunk of a donor's email that was on the last podcast two point as well, and they're kind of saying the same thing that I am, but from a producer's uh, perspective, um, and they also see all of the different implementations. So I just, I thought it was interesting to include here. Shortly, I plan on buying some Bitcoin to play in this new methodology of direct support you're all developing. Ah, beautiful. Admittedly, I I do not fully understand all of digital currency. This show has educated me about it far more than I ever anticipated. It's a long note. Wow, that's a good good note. I like it. Fun idea. Imagine a podcast that raises money for charity and being able as a listener yes. to stream money directly to the, to the charity, charity while listening to the podcast. Our bells sounds similar, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. So people are starting to get it, at least the vision part of it. So how we get from the vision to the reality is what I'm, I'm super interested and super invested in this year. I'm all in on it. I want it to come to fruition. Uh, it's like my New Year's goal for podcasting is to get this, uh, get these sats a flowing. Um, one last clip to just kind of wrap it up nicely. Podcastindex.org. Thank you to our uh, supporters once again, but really thank you to everybody for your time, your talent and your treasures. This is all the app developers. This is all the people on podcastindex.social people in the GitHub, any podcaster interested. Thank you. You're all contributing towards something and we'll get there. This is going to be our year. I have a very good feeling about it. Me too. I, I really do. Um, and uh, in particular because Bitcoin is is back on everybody's radar just because of its price point. Mm-hmm. Um, but a, a great use case, man, we can take off. I mean, you heard the podfather. This is going to be our year, and I really agree with him. I think that everything is just within our grasp. It's just going to take 
um, the commitment and also the understanding that it's not ready uh, and we're going to get in there anyway. They're not ready for me and I got in there, okay? They were not ready for my ass. I was not ready for them. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Get in there and let's get the damn thing done. Um, It's just going to be tough at first, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to be kind of ugly and tough and it's not, not everything's going to work right. Like it's supposed to, not everything's going to send when you want it to send. I will say I have not lost a single sat. I know where all my sats are. So it's not like that. Um, and also you should never ever coin coiners are knowing this, but you should never play with anything that you can't afford to lose. Um, most coiners already know that too. So those two things are super obvious. What we want to get to is a point where you can just punch a debit card in, fund a thing, you know, for 20 bucks or something that you speak, US dollars, and then that gives you the equivalent in sats, and then you can play with that until you need to spin it up again and get more. The Sphinx chat also already is connected into Cash App, and I, I don't use Cash App, so I don't know this, but my gut is that you can buy... Um, Bitcoin and, and crypto through Cash App, and then it's an easy way to send stuff. So there are ways, if you don't have any Bitcoin at all right now, that's not to worry. There are still ways to get in. But also on that note, I'm a guy who got in years ago with Bitcoin, um, mainly to goof around with, and I've just had it for a long, long time, goofing around with. And now it's time to move or move that around. But if you have right now, if you're thinking about Bitcoin in any kind of serious way and you want in, I would challenge you to get in by selling a good or service and taking payment in Bitcoin. That is the way to get in right now versus just buying in with U.S. currency or whatever, you know, using a bank account or a debit card. I would say, now it's going to be a lot, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder, but a podcast is a great way to do it, um, you know. Some people, if you just ask them, they're going to, you know, some some people might help you out and uh, get you started that way too. I don't really know, but there's never really any uh, pain or uh, uh, point in, in not at least asking or saying, you know, hey, what's up? Can I, uh, can I get started in this ecosystem? And uh, just keep asking people, you know. Some people will be receptive, some people won't, but don't let it discourage you. Don't be discouraged. We need encouragement and we just need everybody to... Um, get really excited about this thing. And actually, what I want to do right now is something that may have been done on other shows. So I also want to say on Sphinx app, aside from No Agenda and Podcasting 2.0, I think, and I haven't been able to like scroll through all of them and like really confirm this or listen to every show, but it seems like apart from Adam's two podcasts, those ones specifically, Pod 2.0, and no agenda. We are the only other podcast right now on the Sphinx Tribe that isn't about crypto in some way. Huh. So we're really unique. We are. I consider us an outside, an early outsider in this whole thing. Like we definitely don't belong in the room. We look weird. I don't think anybody that's already in Sphinx is super jazzed about these stoners that are like, it's like, oh, you got a show about weed? Okay. Um, <laughs> those of you who have been listening to us for a while understand that our show's about a lot of things, kind of like everybody's show is, but yeah, you know, we have a weed forward show and, um, it just works for us. It's like part of who we are and that's, that's not going to change. I also want to say that nothing about our show, 
uh, is going to go away or change. We're producer supported and we listen to our producers and that's the direction that we move. But we also want to get into this ecosystem. So everything that we add is just going to be another option. But it's always going, this show will always be value for value. The show will always be available in whole, total, all of the stuff we do for free as a podcast out on an RSS feed. Um, we encourage you, if you can get in, and I can try to, I'm, I'm trying to get people in. It's a slow process. But if you can get into Sphinx, or I think Podcast Addict is another one that has at least the ability. And I know out of all of the podcasting apps, the majority of our downloads come from Podcast Addict. So thanks, everybody who uses Podcast Addict. Um, the, most of our listeners who use a podcatcher that we can track at least or that we know of in our statistics do use Podcast Addict. So I don't know if there's a way to stream sats in Podcast Addict. I think they have the value tag on that app site. So I'm interested in talking to people and getting feedback. Can you stream sats through Podcast Addict? If so, we would love for you to support the show and give some value back, especially if you found this segment useful. Or, you know, I mean, a big part of what we bring is just sort of camaraderie, friendship, and a place to kind of hang out and get away from stuff. So we also want to still be that. We're not going to, like, turn into a crypto podcast and be all serious all the time, all business. But we also have a lot of varied interests, you know, and so we are going to do this kind of stuff especially as this podcast 2.0 thing kind of is in its infancy and grows up and uh, becomes what it can truly be. And um, I'm going to use that to kind of transition. Excuse me, I hit my board. <laughs> but I wanted to transition and kind of show one of the ways that this can be directly implemented uh, as a live real-time example for, I think, um, the first time that I'm aware of. Shows might be already doing this because I don't listen to... Uh, crypto shows, so I don't really know formats or like who's doing what. I'd love to have conversations. I'm going to eventually check out a lot of those shows and get them going. But if I go right now on my phone, I open my Sphinx app, I'm going to pull up the No Agenda show. I see uh, a list of the shows, and the latest show is Swiss Cheese Model. That's episode 1308 of the No Agenda show. Oh, no, excuse me. Vaxeline 1309 is the most recent. That's the one I want. Um, and now I have a slider to scrub to the, the timestamp I want, which is about 310. Let me see here. And again, this is like the first time I'm trying something like this, so you have to bear with me a little bit. Um, so within the show, I should just say, I can play, I can go back 15 or forward 30 seconds. I can change the speed that I listen to it. I can push quote here and kind of make a message at a timestamp if I want to comment on a certain time. In the show, hmm. I can also just boost in general the channel, which is just like good job in general. Uh, and my boost is 420 uh, by default. And then I can also play No Agenda right here. Thank you for the courage and bringing us together. And in the so morning, it's Dame these Anne are some Rock, these are some meetup reports. Twice, and I as I play this so right bad. now, I can choose to support the show and stream sats. So this is uh, taking this is taking sats right now out of my lightning wallet and putting them directly into the show. And I wanted to play a little bit of a KC meetup promo coming up. 
very fine people there and hang out with Brian Clark, who's organizing. And we have the NA Local 512 post-Congress count celebration or the Build Back Better battle planning. And that'll be at Doc's Backyard on Sunset Valley. I am going to make an effort to attend that because it sounds like fun and I feel a lot of people will be there. And then we have a new one on the list for the 15th, the Kansas City Full Frontal Exposure Edition. They are so smart, they sent us a promo. Oh, take it off, baby. Come on, just take it off. I can't understand you. Take the stupid face diaper off. Ah, yes, much better. Kansas City listeners, join us for the KC Meetup Public Dining Full Frontal Exposure Edition. At the one restaurant in Johnson County not being a bunch of masked Nancys, Don Cholito's in Mission, Kansas. It'll be Friday, January 15th at 6 p.m. Please RSVP at noagendameetups.com. Now, that's a promo. That is a professional promo. That It could have been done by any radio station. Could have been on the radio. Could have been on the radio. Very good. Very, very good. Thank you for doing that. No Agenda Meetups. Thank you. Thank you, Podfather. God, that feels good, man. We had so much fun making that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but so what I just did is just another example. There are, it's a fractal of how this thing can work. But what I did was, hey, and you know, in a perfect world, I would have done that for the Pod 2.0 clips too. It's doable. It's a little clumsy, but I had already clipped the clips just like I do and made them MP3s. But think about it. You can play other shows. You can play clips on your podcast, and then you can return value for that content that you're using directly as you do it in real time, like I just did. Then um, you're you know contributing back. You're giving back to them. You can also say that you're doing that like I just did in that tribe. So that you let people know, hey, my show is clipping this show and we're paying for it as well. You know, we're paying for it directly. We're giving value back. Um, it's just another implementation. It's another, uh, oh, what's the technical term for it? And Adam kept using it perfectly. It's a, it's, a, it's a use case. It's another perfect example of how this technology can be used and how, you know, now you don't have to have MP3 files on a cloud drive that you're trying to access during the show. You just pull it up through your sat streaming app and you can get value give value all of this stuff it's only going to help our community by sticking together like this yeah another form of value for value that's cool as hell yeah that's not my opinion it's fact i'm super excited (laughs) about it uh and so i'm i really for our regular listeners who may not even be into this at all it's possible and um I don't want to apologize because I'm not sorry I'm doing this whole big, long segment. I mean, I'm very excited to do this big, whole segment. But just know it's not going to be all of that all the time. But it's on our radar, and we're super stoked about it. And if you want to be a part of it, reach out to me and let me know. And I'm I'm excited to talk to anyone and everyone about it. Hell yeah. And now... And we'll have updates. Back to regular programming. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you for getting involved in this. Thanks. It's been It's been so cool. And I also... I know I've said it a number of times, but I cannot thank Dave Jones enough for having the the grace and the patience to deal with me, who is just an eager beaver who doesn't know shit about any of this. I really thank Dave for sure. He's been so nice about it. And Adam, too. Adam uh, has also been messaging me. I kind of didn't want to bug him as much as Dave, and Dave also knows more of the technical side of things. So, um, But they've both been very generous with their time and uh, with helping me get into the thing. So I really owe them a debt of gratitude. 
Yeah, and it's cool, and you're helping them by, you know, running into roadblocks and sure. I mean, showing, you know, we're all gonna have to <laughs> figure this out together, basically. Yeah, for sure. So, and also, I know uh, Darren O'Neill expressed interest in learning a little bit more about this. Some other people have approached me. I've got, like I mentioned, Booberry on a waiting list, trying to get into Sphinx. If you want to clip any and all of this uh, show and play it on your own show, um, I don't really have a lot of time in the mornings or during the day to to guest on stuff because um, he was like, hey, you should come on Grumpy O Bins and talk about this lightning stuff. And I, you know, Darren, he's going to pepper you with questions and that would be a good conversation to have too. That's like another thing I want to do is try to answer people's questions. And also, if I don't know, guys, I'm going to be honest with you and say I don't know. Uh, and like, let me redirect your question or let me look it up or let me study on that or let me try that myself and see what happens to me. Um, I'm not going to bullshit you and I'm not going to pretend like I know a bunch of things that I don't know. There's so much that I don't know, but I think that with the skill set that I do have, uh, I and others like me are uniquely positioned to close this gap that we currently have between the lightning development and the podcast development and let's bring it together and implement it and you know, it can be seamless. It's going to be, uh, we can take the headache so that others don't have to have the headache and can join in and have an awesome experience where value is easy to give and it just automatically happens. You don't even have to think about it. Hell yeah. Very excited, man. Yeah. Sorry. I don't have better questions to ask you. I am a dope. No, but that's okay. <laughs> With but, all this stuff. Like I said, feel free to clip and play any of this cause I'm not going to be available for probably another month or so. Um, <laughs> Boy, guys. <laughs> to to really yeah. do a lot of extracurriculars. But then after that, you know, I'm happy to do stuff and plan stuff. Yeah, when are your classes over? Uh, graduation is the 5th of February. And oh. so I don't know. I don't know what positions will be open or what I'll be able to land or any of that. Like, the future is kind of a big question mark. But I definitely want to develop some sort of uh, podcast-oriented web applications. Um that people like and are going to use that, that are useful uh, and that are good. So if anybody also wants to collaborate on something like that, please let me know. And I'm, I love working with people. We work together. Uh, I don't want to pretend like I'm some kind of uh, authority on anything or anyone or anywhere. Like I'm just a guy doing this and uh, let's do it together with, you know, with our friends. Yeah. I like that. You said, uh, Oh, did you notice that um, <laughs> Dvorak didn't bash us on the time, the I length did. of this In uh, fact, promo? He was the one that said it could have been on the radio. Yeah, he yeah, was he, very into it. He echoed Adam on that, which I was like, all right, because I think it was longer than our last promo that it he was, bitched about. I tried so hard to get it down to 33 seconds, but it was like 36 or something like that, I want to say. Yeah. It was real close, but what we had worked so well and I trimmed it and I made it really fucking tight so there's just no gaps that I was like you know what it doesn't matter what the length is once they hear this there's nothing that they are going to be able to say about it and boom um that turned out to be a good move and that was so fun to make yeah was we had a good time making that for sure we're gonna keep them coming but uh yeah the 15th um that's coming up that's uh, that's a week from this Friday at Don Chilitos in Mission, Kansas. Right, which we talked about two shows ago. 
Because they made it onto the news for not following the mandates. That's right. And, you know, they have a sign on their door that just is like, hey, wearing a mask is your choice. <laughs> We're not going to require it. Right. And then they had a clip of the, uh, the county prosecutor basically saying there was nothing he could do about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so... um it's great. So we're going to, you know, we want to support businesses like that. And again, in a value for value ecosystem, there's so many different time, talent and treasure ways you can give back, not only to shows you like, but to businesses you like. I mean, uh, if we want a better world, then we're going to have to reward the people that do great shit, or we're going to reward the people that stand up to tyranny. And we're going to punish the people that are dickheads and that are tyrants, and we're not going to give them our value. We're not going to give them our time, talent, or treasure. We're going to give it to the people who are doing it right. This is a community-oriented uh, thing, and um, you know, you get one vote for president every four years, but you vote every single day, multiple times a day, with your dollars mm. and with where your talent is spent and with you know where your eyes and your ears are. Mm-hmm. So you know, we we. We seek out people that uh, we think deserve that from us. And Don Chalitos is is the next uh, recipient of that. And their food looks so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't wait. I've never been there, but uh, people who I... People who I've been talking to off and on, I know is into social, that I didn't even know were local or had... Li- you know, some people have lived here and then moved out. Hit me up because of Don Chalitos mentioned. They're like, oh, yeah, Don Chalitos is the greatest. They've been there for ages, so... Yeah. I'm excited about that for sure. Yeah, me too. Trying something new, supporting a business, yeah. standing up for themselves and for us. Yes. It's crazy to think we're in a time where you can't sit down in a restaurant and have something to eat around here. Right. Or that you have to like walk from the door to the table with a mask on in order to like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't even be worthy of the privilege. So stupid. So I got to carry your water everywhere you go. <laughs> So I was looking up uh, magic number stories this week. Oh. And um the the wires they recycled a story but changed the headline slightly. Now I know I talked about this on the last show. The one American dies of covid every 33 seconds, mm-hmm. right? So this week the story from the wires was one American dies of covid-19 every 33 seconds as the vaccine rollout hits snags. Huh. I was like, you guys already wrote that story, though. Recycled the headline. What's the difference? Like, but then added one tag. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, the vaccine is here, but not many people are getting it, and people are still dying every 33 seconds, which is just crazy, because if you look at the CDC numbers of deaths in America, uh, pretty on par with all the other years. You know, it's not like there was a huge spike in death right. this year. And, you know, we we solved the flu. No one's got the flu. No one's even worried about the flu. So, yeah, yeah. I was kind of ticked off when I saw that recycled headline. I was like, I already read that story. Oh, they added the vaccine part. Hmm. Lazy. Lazy journalists. Lazy wire service. Then, um, you know, sometimes you just got to get the magic number in your headline for some reason. And that was the case in a Reuters story this week. China reports 32 new COVID-19 cases versus 33 a day earlier. There it is. Yes. Yes. You know, just had to force it. Had to get the magic number in there. 32 is not newsworthy, but 33 is. So we'll put two numbers in one headline. And then the um, most fantastical 
use of 33 this week, comes from Brazil. Entitled, the headline is, The Vagina Dialogues. 33-meter artwork draws far right's ire in Brazil. Oh, boy. Ire? Ear? Ire. Ire. I was right. It means they're pissed. Yeah, well, I'm pissed, too, because that doesn't look like a vulva. This art. It, it looks like someone it looks spilled like, sealing wax in a crack. It looks like the eye of Sauron. <laughs> sealing wax in a crack. It looks like the eye of Sauron to me. <laughs> it's bright red. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. My nether regions are not bright red like that. Like fucking, I mean. Not right now. No, it's even on my period. Even when there's blood, it, blood's not bright red like that. I don't understand the art. Um, fine, whatever. You know me. They already lost me with the headline for my interest. But yeah, you know, it comes down to oh, gender issues, raise awareness. Yeah activism art but i'm just telling you yeah it looks like you're right it looks like wax that just melted on this little hillside it's bright ass red it looks dumb like a fire truck red yeah right like i'm trying to think of the type of red this is it's redder than a rose it's like yeah fire truck red fire truck red just silly just silly and there's nothing worth pulling out of this article (laughs) to read i mean just they pulled a lot of i love it tweets and, um, oh, there's a lot to think about in this work. That's you a great one. That's a great one. That's a great comment. Oh, yeah. Really got my noggin jogging. Yeah. So brave. Mm-hmm. Just so fucking brave. Anyway, those are my top three thirty three stories for this week. That's fantastic. Not as exciting as your Sphinx chat lightning node no, uh, Bitcoin loves bit. But people, <laughs> no, Lorian, people love your top 333. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a staple of the show. It's it one, is a staple of the show. It's one of the few things. I mean, we're all over the place and we are really more than anything else we are a hang cast uh and that's For a sure. thing that's a genre and we are a part of that and pe- some people hate that some people are like oh the giggling giggles on a hang cast man i love hang casts dude and uh i love hanging out and just like being a real ass guy i hate fake shit or scripted shit uh i will talk about serious stuff don't get me wrong but i also like to have fun and party and just hang out and it doesn't have to be a thing you know and people love your 33 stories, man. People love the top 333. People also love talking about the first time I ever did a thing. We have a topic every week, first time I ever. Uh, last week, we talked about the first time I ever... Fuck, I got stunned for Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. The week before that was the first time I ever listened to No Agenda. Right. And then last week, see, I can't even remember the topic. I just remember Farmer Todd's epic voicemail yes. where he went full gardening on Salvia. He went like vo- <laughs> voicemail on Salvia. Only it wasn't, I wasn't, I'm not alleging that Salvia was involved at all, but he was just in it. He was in the moment. He was. And he also had some kind of digitized like shape shifting going on. I mean, if you go back and revisit, that thing was an epic voice. Go back to the last episode just for Farmer Todd's voicemail. That might be <laughs> one of the best voicemails we've ever had. And um Oh, last week was the first time you ever choked in front of everyone. That's right. That's what it was. So like, you know, you're you up on stage and like you just biff it in front of everyone. And it's kind of appropriate really that Farmer Todd's voicemail ended in sort of a cliffhangerish like what happens he all right sort of yeah gardening <laughs> uh, on Salvia. i love cho- that he choked <laughs> in front of everyone in a certain sense but in my eyes like he like stole the show yeah so hard that i couldn't even remember what the topic was over what his voicemail was 
That's what I was remembering. Yes. But we've had a lot of voicemails already rolling. If you would like to talk about the first time, so the topic this week, I guess we should eventually mention it, <laughs> yes. is the first time I was ever a patient in the hospital. So your first hospital experience. Uh, and there's a very easy way to get that into us. All you got to do is call 816-607-3663 and the play of So you can also text if you're voice shy or uh, Farmer Todd, he wants to slide in a little bit easier this week and he sent us a text already. So if you'd rather text us, that's cool. If you'd send us a voicemail, that's cool. We're open to all of that uh, at 816-607-DOOF, as it were. I don't know if this is news, but today I noticed that CNN's website has removed the comments section. Is that new? <laughs> you know, I do not pay attention to CNN I was going to say, all, it's not so like I'm no ever idea. on there to make a comment. Right. But I don't know. I was like, oh, hey. I could no understand comments. why they'd want to turn comments off, though, for sure. Yeah. I'm sure they get trashed all the time. Yep. So, big week. Big week in America. Big bad week. I do think the timing of uh, Julian Assange's uh, bail seeking <laughs> with tomorrow is interesting and yeah, strange that's, that's wild like of all of the time that he has been bail seeking that was such poor hiding wording, out in but... embassies and then like locked up god knows where um this is the week where a judge rules that he can't be extradited and then this is the week where he makes bail it, well, January 6th. Yeah, tomorrow they're going to... Like, tomorrow? That is the day it's the that he day. makes bail? Like, that is interesting, man. I mean, coincidence? I think, think not! <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, But also, of course, the Patriots are going to D.C. Yeah. They're already there. <laughs> yeah, they've been, they've been trickling in all weekend, really. Yes. And um, we watched the Georgia rally last night. How are the results going for that? Last time I looked, it was it was looking pretty red, but I had heard a rumor that, um, and this is just a rumor, I don't have this verified, nothing, that um, my favorite. three of the servers were down in Republican counties. Oh, three uh, the Dominion. Dominion voting machines. Yeah, I, yeah. Saw, I saw that same rumor. Yes. Um, in Republican strongholds. But I mean, in Georgia, that's just about everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Right now it's looking like uh, Purdue's leading in regular election, but Warnock's leading in the special election. Hmm. Well, we will see. Time will tell. Yeah, Purdue, think, who couldn't make the rally, you conveniently know, quarantined. Pence card or no Pence card, objections from senators and reps or no objections from senators or reps, constitutional methods, civil war. I don't think there's a single way it could go tomorrow that's not going to be fucking weird at some level. It's going to be fucking weird, okay? Things are going to get go. fucking weird tomorrow, specifically. It's what it's what's been hyped the whole time. There are will be wild. Will be wild. Trump tweeted it's it It's gonna be wild. So, I mean, the guy's not really wrong that often. I love him or hate him. You know, he has a track record of like being right most of the time. So, We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I've been really, oh God, dude, my heart is already in D.C. And I really yes. was like, 
weighing cost benefit analysis of like, let's go, let's just go, fuck it all, let's go. So much unrolled, even over the last week, both with this podcast 2.0 thing and with my classes and graduations coming up so quickly. And I've got the kids to think about and you to think about. And there's just all of this shit in my life right now, and me personally, my life, to where it's like too much to throw away. Um, however, however, <laughs> I'm going to be watching closely and I'm not saying that it's off the table. I'm not saying that like if absolute shit hits the fan, I mean, we don't know what could happen. No, I mean, there might be things that pop off nationwide. Well, there might be a second wave of people needed there and exactly. it becomes obvious. And like, you know, I'm open to very a lot of possibilities and don't think for a second I'm taking my eyes off of the thing. But I have to make a choice that's wise and that's prudent and that works for me and my family as well as my country. But I'm thinking of all of it and my heart is in D.C. And God bless every patriot that's going to D.C. right now. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I would be there if I thought I could be there and if I thought I could help that way. I'm trying to help in the ways that I know I can help that will be helpful. Uh, Well, producer Rob V. Case is there. Um, so if you're on the No Agenda Social, make sure you follow him um, for Boots on the Ground. Mouth hitting. He's already hitting people in the mouth tonight. And also Ozark Voluntarist from um, Missouri here. I believe we met him at the Libertarian Convention. He, and he's there. Cool. You know, lot, tons of patriots from Missouri. We got proxies there, on the ground, know? man. We got proxies on the ground. So. Exactly. Uh, and and we got backup if it's really needed. Like it's it's not like I'm not above doing it. I gotta tell you, the demoralization and the disinformation that started coming out this weekend, trying to like convince people not to go, pretty much said it all for me. Yeah. Of how scared like Oppo is to this. I think that you know. You know, they started saying. Oh, your Maps app won't tell you how to get to D.C. Maps isn't going to teach you how to get to yep. D.C. Well, even if that was true, pull out a fucking real map. Well, I mean, right? Like, there are these, you read a map. There are these weird metal things on the side of the road called road signs, <laughs> too. And, um, you know. You don't even you, need a paper map. Once you go far enough east on one of the, these interstates, you'll start to see them say D.C. and they'll have little arrows pointing toward it. It's yeah. crazy. And then. Um, and the paper maps, too. Like. You can buy a piece of paper that has these little lines on it where all of the roads in our country are. That's Well, that's what I was suggesting. I mean, we keep a map of America in our car at all times because you never know when a solar flare is going to hit. Everything is just going right. to go out. Well, I kind of thought about this, too, with all of my, like, you know, you do a little bit of weird daydreaming and game theorying. And, like, there's all these rumors about, like, the 10 days of darkness or this or that. Like, think about it. If the grid goes down or if... If, God forbid, our phones and the internet are inaccessible for a period of time, like, how many people aren't going to be able to get to fucking anywhere? Right, because the computer's in the car. How many scared-ass college kids are not going to get to mom and dad's house from their dorm because they don't know how to fucking get there without their phone? Like, think about that. That's a real thing. That is a real thing. That's a chunk of people. Not, like, an insignificant number. That's a chunk of people. And I'm talking, like, not just know how to get there, but, like, my dad... Lives in the Northland. So let's say that they close every bridge over mm. the river down in the city. I still know how to get up there. Yep. I'll have to drive an extra hour, but I still know a, bit, a few different ways to cross the river that aren't to city bridges. And if you don't know shit like that, 
You better learn shit like that. You yes. always have to be prepared, man. I mean, yeah. you never know what these fuckers are going to try and pull. No. And then um, I know the mayor was calling for stores and restaurants to be shut down during this time. They were trying to shut down the hotels for this week. Um, but reports, boots on the ground, are saying that stores and restaurants are totally open. Everything's going great. Masks are at a minimum. <laughs> I think there may have been a couple here or there that caved or pulled or, well, or, or have a, an agenda. Um, of course. But I don't think it's the majority of them. And yeah, the rumors are going to be overhyped and uh, the demoralization is going to be in full effect. But, but you, know. you know, and anyone listening here and all the patriots out there, they don't really need the reminder, but I'll say it anyway. You know, watch your six. Have I would suggest not going anywhere alone. Um, because they're already showing like pallets of bricks being out, yeah. construction materials left on a, around a cage of propane tanks just sitting out. Like, and then, um, I don't know if you saw this story, but they have, um, the FBI, it might be a false flag event trying to dissuade attendance, but the FBI and FAA are supposedly looking into, um, a threat of a plane going and flying into the Capitol tomorrow. <laughs> They, but what doesn't make sense to me, right, is that they said, uh, let's see, um, multiple air traffic controllers in New York heard a chilling threat Monday in audio obtained exclusively by CV CBS tonight. Quote, CBS News, yes, the CIA broadcasting system. Yeah, we are flying a plane into the Capitol on Wednesday. Soleimani will be avenged, right? So right. revenge so for the Iranian, Iranian uh, general who was killed. But it, but why would you say that? Why wouldn't you just do it, right? Like, why would you tell someone your plan so that they can stop you from doing it? it, yeah. it that doesn't add up to me. It just doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't make a lot of sense. But yeah. See, uh, it's just more turmoil. It's more smoke in the air to. Right. It's more more noise to hide the signal. and yeah. And a reason for to activate a bunch of fetties too. You Ooh, know, good point. It's a reason to if they have a threat they're responding to, then they can walk around responding to that threat. You know, so yeah. Well, the, the people that handle threats are also the people that make the threats. You know, yeah, exactly. Uh, Japan had to stop the steel rally. I saw pictures. It was that. pretty big, and I was just like, man, that's Japan. And you saw all the people that turned out for that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a million plus people in D.C. Oh, yeah. If it's not already. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. when Trump puts out the call, he said last night at the Georgia rally, like, I am the people's president. And he's spot on with that. When he puts out the call, the people show up. Yep. And it's always been that way. Yeah, I think so. I think that uh, really, even if you believe that Donald Trump is like only in it for himself and his ego, you've got to imagine that... Uh, there's no way he would put it all out on the line just to lose like a big ass chump unless he had some sort of a in-game strategy or some sort of, you know, idea of what's going to happen. I mean, the guy's confident. If you listen to that leaked call in the WAPOs. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was not, a good one. I don't know what they cherry picked because I didn't listen to the little story. I didn't listen to the write up that they did on it or their fucking hot take. I just went to the raw hour, two minute call and I listened front to back and... You know, I probably can imagine what they pulled out. They probably pulled out the one part where he was like, look, I need to find 12,000 votes. And without the greater context of what's going on, it's probably, you know, easy to fall into the trap of thinking, oh, he's trying to steal this many votes so that he can flip the state. What he's saying is, we know for a fact, and I thought it was interesting, he even brought up 
we know that uh, Dominion is fucky, but we don't even need that in Georgia. In Georgia, Brad, we know over 400,000 votes got taken. We need 12K to flip the state. Basically, what he was telling this asshole is, dude, give us enough votes to flip the state. You can blame it. Oh, bonus points, by the way, for listening to the full hour and two minutes. And every time that you hear the bleep, just shout Ruby Freeman. Right. Ruby Freeman. Because that's under the bleep. All the bleeps, as far as I can tell, were just only her name. Ruby Freeman. Yeah, we all know what the fuck her name is. Ruby Freeman. Fuck you, Washington Post, you bunch of dipshits. So, uh... They're basically alleging the votes that she ran through multiple times and fucked with herself are enough to flip it. I mean, they were basically extending the olive branch and being like, look, you're a Republican guy. Like, if you want to come clean and come on our side and just, you know, we know that you fucked up. We know that we have more than enough to win this thing. If you want to just give us a little bit, you don't even have to name names. We'll look, you know, whatever. Like, we can just do this all clean. We can come together with minimal damage. We can do this thing in a nice PR way if you want to save your own ass. Yeah. And they didn't take, you know, that. I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I can understand the people that believe that nothing's going to fucking happen and that we're fucked. I get it because it's been this way for so long, but... There's just too many of us who are just not going to accept any other way. So, like, there's going to come, there's a breaking point, and we're like yeah. living it. We're living the unfurling of it right now. And, you know, I think just ignoring that is uh, naive at best, let's say. Definitely. John C. Forrick. <laughs> not to name names, but. <laughs> oh, brother. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway. An- another. Interesting part of the WAPO story was how uh, Brad Rattenberg, or whatever his name is, he uh, flip-flopped on the story about it, because at first he came out, he did an interview, and he talked about why he released the tape, the recording, and it was because he was mad about a Trump tweet, which to me is just hilarious. Like, you really you just fell into the trap if you get mad at a Trump tweet. Right. Um, well, but a lot then of people do that. <laughs> the next day, he tried to reverse the story and say that Trump released the tape. Yep. And I'm just like, dude, you already did an interview where you explained why you released it. And I'm not sure why he would uh, have done that because... In my opinion, when you listen to the tape, he's not so fucking ignorant. We have investigators investigating the investigation, and they have found that uh, what you're saying is false. But but what's the evidence like you have that prove, disproves our evidence? Like there was no defense at all. It was basically just like I don't know. I plead the fifth like the whole time. And yeah, it's like you said to me. It felt like Trump was like, ah, oh, we can do this the nice way, or we can do this the hard way. Up to you. That was my understanding listening through it. So, and yeah, I have a uh, I have a link to where um, the Secretary of State explains why he released the tape. I'll post it in the chat. It's attached to a tweet. Sorry, but um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, and I'm praying for all the patriots on the ground, and I'm totally there in spirit and. Yep. I'll be watching. Well, people aren't going to leave. People open. aren't going to leave until there's some sort of uh, resolution that they can accept. And 
uh, most of the people that are there that that's true for, the the only resolution is to give us back the real election. We know that Trump won the election. I think that much is pretty obvious. The vote count that he outperformed himself in the first time, I think that you can ignore literally everything else and just look at it at its face value, and a child could tell you something is fucky here. Um, but then you start digging, and the more you dig, the more you're going to find. I mean, there's so much shit. There's just so much shit in every state uh, that's a battleground where they cheated in. So um, that's my opinion. I have never been a huge partisan guy for the record and for new listeners and um, everything. I've always been an independent since day one. I voted for just about every party. I'm mainly an issues guy, and I've been a cannabis activist, and that's my main interest is, you know, stop locking people up for weed and punishing it and uh, just give people their freedom. Um and I was even a libertarian dues-paying guy for just a half a second. We did the libertarian convention in 2016, uh, but I never changed my affiliation. Nope. And I can also tell you for a fact that the Libertarian Party is a big fucking joke too. Uh, so it's it's bigger than that. I like the freedom. I like freedom, and I like the Constitution. And none of the political parties are going to give you either of those things. But Trump seems to be outside of that, in my personal opinion, and from what I've witnessed. Uh, and to me, it seems obvious. To be, people may disagree. People may think that I'm under his spell or some shit. Uh, I'm not saying that's impossible. I'm just saying I don't believe that at all. No. And I think he's um, opened a lot of people's eyes. I think so. Like, just total normie partisan folk. You right. Know? Like I said, he said it himself. He's the people's president. I really believe that. I was like, yeah, you nailed it, dude. I think so. You nailed it. Um, <laughs> of course, Veritas was hyping up some Georgia drops a day before the election. I thought it was kind of interesting timing. I was like, okay, seems a little late. Yeah. Um, the first drop, I was like, meh. But the, um. I mean, the guy always gets genuine material, but it just is always overhyped and underdelivered. And I agree <laughs> with the overhype for sure. But I did think it was interesting, um, the proof of ho- the homeless voters all registered at the same address yeah, in that, Fulton County. That's definitely an eyebrow Throw it raising. in the evidence pile. Yeah, it's just another... <laughs> like, you know, like... It's another piece in there, for yeah. sure. Um, more good news today, as this uh, epic week goes on. Or, well, I don't know if it's good. It is good news. It's a, st- it's a step in the right direction. I don't know. But Kyle Rittenhouse pled not guilty um, yesterday. Or today? Step in the right direction after after all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. Obviously, I mean, if you uh, were following it, I feel like it's pretty obvious that he was acting in self-defense. Yeah, the Rittenhouse thing so was self-defense. Just the, watch the video. The charges, though, are, um, well, how did they word it? Intentional homicide. Like, that's how the charge is right now. And it's, so, yeah obviously plead not guilty to that he was a damn good shot though yep um yeah it's so. funny because i had believed all of the memes that people say of like oh 223 isn't even you know you can't really do much damage with that and all you don't need ar can't do blah 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 and then when i saw the kyle rittenhouse thing where he like <laughs> uh took a dude's bicep out and killed two other guys like with very few shots in one clip as he was trying to get away from people i mean he proved in public that the uh, AR-15 is actually an excellent self-defense weapon. Yeah. Yeah. It's excellent. And yeah, if a bullet goes through your chest, you probably fucking die from it. Yep. 
I don't give a fuck what the size of the bullet is. <laughs> you know, it's not a BB gun. Yeah, and there was a gun aimed at him. So, right. you know, when you're in that situation, my life or yours, uh, Or if a guy's <laughs> trying to tackle you and take your gun, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or if a guy's even going to try and come and beat you with his fists, you know? The, the right to self-defense doesn't matter if you have a stronger weapon than the person coming at you. It matters if you're being attacked. That's it. That's all it takes. Are you being attacked? You can defend yourself. End of fucking story. Yeah. And also, it's crazy. You know, in D.C., they're putting up all these signs. Uh, oh, you can't open. You can't carry for this week because D.C. has carry restriction laws already on the books. Right. Yeah, we'll see. How but they're putting goes. up the, these signs that are specifically for these dates like this week until Thursday. They're like, no guns. And it's like, but the cops have guns. Uh, a criminal has a gun because criminals don't follow the law. No, you have to protect yourself. And also, it's a constitutional right. You know, yeah. like in Missouri, one of the reasons why I love living in Missouri is we're a constitutional carry state. Mm -hmm. That's the way every state should be. Yeah, shall it's not be American infringed. Right. <laughs> it's not really like ambiguous. Shall not be infringed. And so it's just. And it's all infringed to fucking pieces everywhere you go. It's like, insane. It's a joke. It's not legal. It's not constitutional. Come on. It's, it's simple. All this stuff is so fucking simple. A child could understand it. You could teach it to elementary school kids, like what rights are and the basics of it all. Yeah, but then you get all these confused adults who... <laughs> Can't even figure out which bathroom to go in, let alone. Yeah, true. Let alone. Ah, let's not get into that. No. We got plenty to talk about aside from that, don't we? Yeah. Still running down the... Uh... God, there's just been so much news, hasn't there? Oh, yeah, there sure has been. Um, Alert the affiliates. We're going long tonight, but it, it's worth it for sure. Yeah. Holly, his wife and newborn were terrorized in their D.C. home because they can't travel. Right. Uh, can't put a mask on a newborn. <laughs> it's not going to end well. No. Um, and, you know, just the way that the media flips it is just so bad. Like, I just want to just put yourself in the situation like you're a woman at home with a newborn child and other children and you've got these people screaming through megaphones at you. And, you know, it, it, she alleges pounding on the door and stuff. Like, you're afraid for your life at that point. It's one of you against all of them. And you have a newborn to worry about. Yeah. So then WAPO comes on here and fucking says that these activists staged a peaceful vigil Monday oh, night. Oh, I'm sure they fucking did. It's always this peaceful shit. And they also called him out because he said, you know, Antifa, when they're like, well, actually, it's the shutdown DC protesters. Like, just, uh, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's all the same. All these crypto anarchists are the same fucks. Exactly. And, um, you know, they said there was no police report filed and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like so bad. It's like, well, okay, put anyone in that situation though, you know? It's if if someone uh went outside of I don't know, any of these corrupt politicians' houses and did that, like they would be taken out by the police. They would be <laughs> arrested and escorted away. Yeah, you'd imagine that you can't really get away with the same sort of thing at say Nancy Pelosi's house. Where no. if we remember in September a guy got arrested during a live stream shitting in her driveway. So <laughs> yeah. There's just peaceful a, protest. There's just the difference. Peaceful poopy protest. It was a piece of something for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, Enrique Tario, uh, Proud Boys leader, mm. he 
burnt a BLM flag, was arrested by D.C. police. Uh-oh, well, that's violent. They said that... Violence um, against flags. I think the arrest might have been made on the claim that it was stolen from a black church on December 12th hmm. when they were out there. Um, but there was a lot of BLM flags stolen that day. And right. Well, I mean, you're going to fly that kind of stuff and then people who hate it are going to probably try and snatch it. And also people are burning American flags all the time and they don't get arrested. I mean, it's legal to burn flags mm-hmm. as long as it's. An, but they're saying like, well, it's a potential hate crime <laughs> to burn the BLM flag. No, it's a fucking hate crime to burn the American flag. You're a goddamn American. Straighten up. I don't know. I don't. <sighs> you can't say hate crime. All crime is hate crime. You would think. Well, I mean. But it's not a crime to burn a piece of property. It's, I think, it is a crime to burn somebody else's property. It's called arson. So let's be clear about that. Okay. But you're right in the, in the, in the dollars and cents aspect of it and also potential safety of it. Like you have to analyze each act as, you know, what's really going on here, how much damage was done, how much harm was done. And burning a piece of cloth is going to be very small potatoes. And just compare it to any of the uh, Antifa chimp outs that have been happening where, you know, they've smashed up CNN's headquarters. They've smashed up federal buildings, courthouses. They've smashed people's heads in. Smashed people's heads in. They've killed people in the streets. Um, I also would like to point out that Enrique Tarrio is Afro-Cuban himself. That's correct, yep. And so uh, he said that it wasn't motivated by race, religion, or political ideology, But his quote is that BLM has terrorized the citizens of this country. Sure. Um, And he was released today. That's the new news on this. Um, But he was ordered to leave D.C. And he's got a hearing next month, I believe. Yeah. But I just, I mean, it didn't seem like they were taking it as the, well, this is stolen property and that's why you're being arrested angle. They were taking it on... This is a hate crime because BLM is just saying that black lives matter, so you must hate black people if you're burning this. It's just a dumb excuse that they use to snatch him up. But on the other side of it, I will say that it was a little bit sloppy in that it's a silly hill to die on when there's this much at stake. I agree. In my opinion. That's just my opinion. Uh, And it's also, I understand from his heart that he might believe, like, it's not motivated by political ideology, but... uh, an objective person even I think will have a hard time buying that. That if you're burning a BLM flag, that it's not about politics. Uh it's my opinion that just about everything you do is political. Yeah. But that doesn't that doesn't say that you can't do it. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying like there's some statements here where maybe there could have been a better strategy. But I mean, I also think that we're way the fuck past optics. Also, I'm not trying to say, like, I'm not trying to be an optics cuck or anything like that. Like, fuck the optics. I'm just saying that your uh, fire could have been set on a much more important target than a BLM flag. That's what I'm trying to say, basically. Okay, I agree with that. But I also, like, fuck the police who arrested him. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I'm sure these anti-fags have stolen an American flag off of a business and burnt it. Arrest them for burning stolen property. Nah, that's never going to happen. No, it's just fucked up. Who's the enemy? Never going to happen. I mean, I've heard they've been, uh, as of late, 
really, I mean, we've seen the cops not doing anything when the rioters, the looters and rioters are out. Yeah. They just back off. They just let them do their thing. But as soon as the Patriots come to town, it's like, now, not only are we battling Antifa, BLM, that whole commie party, but then the cops are right there, too, on their side, well, you know? I mean, that's been a long-known thing that I think that uh, a lot of the thin blue line, blue flag, blue stripe flag uh, waving people are kind of just now fucking realizing is none of these elites would have the power that they flex without these dog soldiers on the streets ready and willing at the at a moment's notice to go enforce these shit laws against us, against free people. So... You know, forgive me if I don't fucking hit the ground every time a fucking cop walks by in hero worship. I'm sorry. Well, no way. And, <laughs> and by the way, I have a I have cop friends too, you know, and I know good cops. Oh, I know good cops. That's fine, you know. Just the same way I don't fucking worship healthcare workers when I see them on no. a TV screen, you know. Like, I don't see an image of a person uh, judge their outward appearance and then determine their virtue. Sorry. It doesn't, that's not how my fucking brain works. I like... Yeah, your career doesn't make you a good or bad person. I like to know the content of a person's character, you know? Yeah. I like to know what you've done. You, as an individual, not the group that you belong to, not the job that you have, not the badge that you wear. That doesn't mean shit to me. Uh, And these idiots on both sides of the aisle need to stop pretending like it does. And that goes very much for the fucking thin blue line people, you know? Anyone who hasn't woken up to that yet, I think, is in for a rude awakening this week. Yeah. I'm afraid that you're right. <laughs> Me too. I mean, I gotta be real. Like, I don't like the idea of violence. It's not, you know, first call or whatever, but you can only put up with so much. And honestly, like the defense bill, all these bills that have been passed, all the misuse and misallocation of our tax money, right there, it's just like, I'm fucking done. Somebody sent me on... Uh no, we didn't a social. I wish I could remember the exact source because it's but uh, about George a uh, George Carlin bit where he's talking about basically violence is the only way to fix the stuff. Yeah, and um, it's like he's like I don't advocate violence, but I just sadly think like it's the only way it's ever like happened in history to yeah, like it... cor- to to correct the course even. And Jefferson said it himself too. You know, the tree of liberty has to be watered by the blood of of tyrants and patriots yep. to keep it alive otherwise we lose it and christ man it's like looking unhealthy it's very unhealthy you look at china you look at iran you look at the global empire you look at the fucking re- reptiles that run around fucking that's and that's not even to scratch the surface on the elite pedophile ring that we definitely know exists that you know jeffrey epstein is definitely a guy who definitely did not definitely kill his definite self <laughs> yeah uh, and all this shit is out just in the open enough to where if you don't realize, like, you don't have to know specifics and fucking God help you if you do know specifics, but yeah. you know that shit stinks. And if you can't smell it from where you're sitting, dude, like you've been wearing your mask too long. For real. So when are we smoking some weed? Yeah, let's go behind the curtain and smoke some fucking weed. I don't know, man. Who knows? Time to throw these fucking Dominion machines in the pond. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we threw tea. We had the tea party. You gotta be throwing something in there. And also, I am still absolutely disgusted 
that after this lockdown, they didn't offer to just you not, you know, like, okay, here's your income tax back. Doesn't that seem like the least they could fucking do? That seems like a good demand from we the people, I think, is like, oh, no, I'm not paying my fucking income tax this year. Yeah. You guys stole my income. I do feel like that for sure. And, you know, $600 check, well, fuck you. That's my money anyway. You're giving me 600 bucks back. Great. Thanks, but no thanks. Just a quick uh, Sphinx update, by the way. So when I played that clip earlier, I just said, uh, currently streaming a clip from this show live on Bull After Bull for sats, returning value for value. And so two people have already boosted that comment that I made. And then someone said podcast inception. And there's a clip in here that I don't know what it plays. I'll kind of have to play with it later. But um, already already you can see the potential of value. Already you can see I gave value from the clip. People like that I gave value and they give it back to me. It's like a fucking feeding frenzy, man. And you could do this in IRC where... You know, we used to have the plus plus karma counter. You could plus plus someone's sats directly into the IRC. There's ways to do it. You can do so much cool shit, you guys. I'm telling you, we've got to be on it. Amen. Not a woman. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that fucking idiot. That's our represents idiot. Represents us. <laughs> it's our idiot here in the fucking hood, man. I know. There's fucking the streets named off of that family. Yeah. <sighs> That's the hood mic. That's the hood mic. <laughs> <laughs> At work. Representing us. Mm. You gotta love it, man. Oh, damn. This men and a women. So many dumb things came um, out this weekend. Like, Kamala's freedom story. Oh, Jesus. Lifted from 60s Playboy. Just when you think that bitch can't get me more full of shit, dude. She pulls the freedom thing, dude. Disrespectful. I love that story, too. It described her as, like... Laughing from the gut like you do with friends and family. I'm like, dude, this bitch is always laughing. Have you seen a single appearance she's ever uh, made uh, in the news media or given a speech where she isn't laughing her dumb ass off? And like, she is just always cackling at shit. It's cackling, right. It's not like you do with friends and family. It feels fucking condescending It's yeah. and maniacal. Yes. It reminds me of the Hillary laugh. Like, like, exactly. Ah, 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 laughing ah, ah, ah. at inappropriate moments. Because either you think you're so above all of it, or like... Or you know how fucked you are. I mean, she laughs like most people say, um. Yeah. It's fucking... Makes your stomach and skin crawl, dude. Yeah. For me, like, I just don't understand. But just, you know, double down on the plagiarists in that party and like, lifting it from... uh, It was like essentially an MLK story, right? About Mm -hmm. a little girl in Birmingham. And it's just like, man... The fucking disrespect. The, the Tupac thing was bad. This is worse. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck these people. Um, There was a Forbes story saying that large numbers of healthcare and frontline workers are refusing the vaccine. Yeah. And I, I say, good for them. I agree. Their brain functions. Or maybe they're heroic enough to give up their spot in line to someone who truly needs it. That's got to be it, man. <laughs> I like that no agenda approach of... Uh, Me too. You know. And we've seen quite a few people actually use that right. after Adam dropped it on no agenda. Oh, totally. Tulsi? Well, it's very effective because it allows you to do what you want to do, which is avoid the vaccine, but also you do it from a place of virtue to where you're like, no, I'm doing the right thing, and no one can say shit. No one can say shit because... 
they would have to let go of some key component of the fucking threadbare uh, narrative that's holding all of this absolute scam together. They would have to admit some part of the fucking actual fraud around them. So instead they go, wow, yeah, yeah, you're a good person. Yeah, well, you know. I'm going all the way to the back of the line. And then, oh, like, yeah. if anyone Fuck shows yeah. up, I'm going behind them, too. No and, shit. like, everyone can just have my place in line. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. W- I will die of natural causes, not having uh, some mRNA mutation occur. <laughs> yeah, my breakfast cereal's already trying to <laughs> like, fucking kill me. I don't need... <laughs> the only time I had... I'm not, I'm not, like, a science nerd, and I'm not well-read in this world, but, like, the one thing I knew about mRNA is that... Um, octopuses can change it That's on right. a dime by themselves like and they're an anomaly in that way and we don't understand it and like i don't know i've always liked the link between aliens and underwater stuff and i'm always like why isn't there more deep sea exploration what's going on down there <laughs> hmm. but yeah so my uh the first time i like Oh, I, I'll save that for another time. I can't just be blowing first-time stories over here willy-nilly. No, let's talk about the real first time, because I got voicemails, baby. <laughs> okay, yeah. And if you haven't left a voicemail yet, give us a call. 816-607-DOOF. Howdy, y'all. This is Rick from down in Joplin, Missouri. I'm glad to call in. Hell yeah. Got my first time I ever story. Welcome to the bowl, baby. Uh, first time I ever got high at a concert. Nice. God, I can't remember what year it was. Maybe '88. Uh, about 16, 17 years old. And I wanted to go to a concert in Joplin because Cheap Trick was coming to town. Christ, I hope. There you go. Anyway, uh, I get there and sitting in my seat, you know, saved up some money for a ticket. And this group of people comes in, sits down in front of me, about eight, ten of them. They're all in. They all take up an entire row in front of me. Now, even before the concert starts. And I will preface this by saying, this was back when you could smoke indoors at a venue. Again, fuck, I'm old. And yeah. people you, were just, you know, you can still get away with cigarettes. It. But the place had a nice little haze. Well, again, back to this group. Now, each guy at the end of the group had a baggie, had papers, would roll up a joint, and one end would start right up, puff, puff, pass, you know, all that good shit. Yeah. Get down the end. By the end, well, it was a, it was a uh, roach. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So the guy at the other end would put the roach in the bag, oh, roll up go. a new one, pass it along. Okay. Chain and I watched this go on throughout the entire damn concert. <laughs> rocking out. Just doing Everybody's work. Everybody's getting all good and <laughs> happy. Yeah. And I start feeling the effects. There you go. Now, again, I'm young, never done done weed before, so I wasn't oh. prepared for it. Wow. And so I started getting a little freaked out. Wow. I am really high. Yeah, one of the guys notices I'm watching, turns around and says, hey, you want to hit? I was like, no, nah, I'm getting pretty good already. <laughs> so they keep on going. Well, cheap trick gets done, and the next act is getting ready to hit stage, and I think, no, nah, I can't handle this shit. <coughs> so I go out, go to the payphone. <coughs> I really am old. <laughs> and call my mom. I'm like, Mom, I think I'm high. I think I'm stoned. Her first words were, get your ass outside and don't you dare go back in until I get there. Uh-oh. Oh, no. 
So, Called the fuck out. out. I'm tight. <laughs> hungry as hell. Yeah. And I'm begging for McDonald's. Oh, shit. She takes me home. My dad. Oh, there's the cutoff. Three, uh, for those new to the voicemail line or uh, anything like that, uh, we use a Google Voice mailbox and it cuts you off right at the three minute mark. Uh, so just feel free to call back like this caller did and leave the rest of it. Um, but if you don't want that cut off, just know that the three minute thing is where it does that to you. Um, but yeah, calls me. Yeah, here I am again. Oh, yeah. But anyway, I'm out of tight. Call go. my mom. She comes and gets me. She's madder than hell. I'm hungry as hell. <laughs> she takes me home, and she's still madder than a wet hen, and she's bitching, and she's stomping around the house. How in the hell could you let this happen to you? How did this... <laughs> my dad, well, stepdad, he's sitting there in his recliner, and he just commences to laugh at himself silly. And says, woman, the boy had no idea. Now let him be. Let him go to bed and sleep it off. <laughs> Base I went dad. to bed. I slept it off, and I still had the damn munchies when I woke up the next morning. Yeah. I must have had about a dozen things. No weed hangover, man. Anyway, that's my story of the first time I ever got high at a concert. Fuck, I really am old, ain't I? <laughs> but anyway, y'all be good. In the bowl. In the bowl, baby. In the bowl. Thanks for calling, man. Good to hear from you, Rick. That was cool. Yeah, that was cool as fuck. A double first time. Double first time. And... A free topic for next week. There you have Hell it. Yeah. Uh, the first time you ever uh, smoked weed at a concert, which might have been the first time ever too. Yeah. Uh, in general, but a concert specifically, I like that angle. Uh, I think a lot of our bowlers have done that, so that'll be next week's topic. And uh, I got some more. Um, I think also these are there's a couple from like the New Year's. That was from last Wednesday when he called in. Oh, all right. But it gives us a gives us a topic, and then. Uh, I also baited Icy Grills on uh, the No Agenda Social to call in for voicemail. Yay, Icy. He uh, obliged. Yo, it's Icy Grills. Just calling to say fuck the CCP, fuck Google, fuck Canada, fuck Trudeau, fuck all the Democrats, fuck all the Republicans. MAGA for life. Peace. Bleep, bleep, bleep. <laughs> High energy. Woo. Wow, man. It's true. Listen, you motherfuckers. That was a big thing. Once it was reluctantly aroused, it was hard to get it aroused, and it is hard to get it aroused, but we got it aroused. Yeah, I guess. Is that a correct statement? Yes? Fuck yeah. Thank you for the voicemail. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, And then this one is from yesterday. Yesterday. Phone boy with a make good. All right. Because he forgot to tell us about the time he choked in front of everyone, which I'm very interested in. I love that style <laughs> of story. It always makes for a good one. And it's one that you remember vividly. You can't help. Yeah. It's even one that you might have forgotten until we ask about it, and then you remember the whole fucking thing immediately. Yeah. Like Phoneboy did, probably. Hey, bowlers, it's Phoneboy. Hey. And, uh, yeah, I forgot to call in about the last week's first time I ever, which was uh, choked in front of everybody. So, um... I've always wanted to be a game show host when I was a very young child. I yeah. probably watched way too many game shows. But uh, so the first time that I was on stage in front of, um, well, or, you know, I don't know, that, that I was the announcer or something or something. Uh, this was, I was in fifth grade. It was a talent show. And, yeah, I think the first time I ever got up on stage uh, and, and I saw the crowd, I went, oh, shit. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, it's, and, it, and, it freaked, and it freaked myself out. In fact, I remember even... Um, 
in uh, junior high school, so seventh or eighth grade, I can't remember, but uh, uh, I had tried out to, to, to do the same thing. And even just during the rehearsals, I froze up, right? So um, it took me a little while to overcome that. I, I, I forced myself to do drama in high school to, to get to get way over that. Um, and now, of course, um, I'm, I'm a shameless whatever, you know. So it, it only took me a bajillion years to uh, to get <laughs> to get over that, but I did. So yeah, so, but it's, it's, every experience uh, makes you stronger. It doesn't kill you. So. Yeah. In the bowl, y'all. In the bowl. In the bowl. Man, I know the feeling. I did an open mic. I was an MC of an open a comedy open mic once at this bar, and I had done a few sets myself before, and I was still kind of telling myself I was gonna try and get in that scene locally when we were in Columbia. And man, I fucking called this cat. I introduced him as Louie, and his name is Lewis. And he was like one of the fucking, you know, in Columbia, like, what is there, like maybe 15 people that are established in the scene have done sets for longer than a year or two, you know? Yeah. And like, he was one of them. And I knew his name was Lewis. And I fucking said Louie into the mic. And it was one of those like unforced error things where I was just reading it off the paper and I read it as Louie. And. But it's such an easy mistake to make, and like Louis C.K. is so fucking big, especially at that time. I was like, uh, when he was like at his peak, and uh, fuck man, I just stepped on the rake so hard. The one that just like makes me cringe about that one though is like it was an unforced error. Like I knew the guy's name and I knew how to say it, and I just fucked up in front of everyone. You know, I just choked because it really made me look fucking like dumb and disrespectful at the same time, which. Like, I try not to be those two things. And sometimes you just, like, sometimes you just make an accident, you know? Yeah, and you could, you didn't have time to roll it into a joke. Yeah, I didn't really, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't that experienced at, like, fucking up and, like, making it better. Yeah, but hurry, come back to phone, boy, man. The key is to just get back up and try again. That's right, just keep, yep. You, you fall off going, the horse, man. get back on it. You gotta keep going, no matter what brick wall you hit. That's true, in, yeah. in life and in lightning. Or like I tell a two-year-old now, when you fall... You brush yourself. You can cry, but then you gotta brush yourself off and get back up and keep going. Hey, Lionhelm here. First time I was in the hospital as a patient. That would be like eight years old, and I was in for asthma in the ER. That was not my favorite Halloween. Oh. Um, but yeah, that was uh, the first time, and then I think after that, I had like a broken bone years later. It was a good long gap between, thankfully. Anyway. Have fun. Cheers. That reminds that's mine. That's the same as mine. Aw, asthma. Asthma was my first time in the hospital, too. But it's weird. With my asthma, it was bad and I couldn't breathe, but I, like, still, like, breathe through it. It was just hard to do it. So, I, asthma never scared. I had it bad when I was a kid, and then it kind of, I kind of grew out of it for the most part. I can still have flare-ups, but, like, I think it's also a part of when you get older, it goes... It can go down, but you also get better at like knowing what's going to trigger you and just not doing that. Mm. But when you're a little kid and you have asthma and it's recess and it's cold outside and you want to play, all those things <laughs> are going. There's no stopping. No. You're going and sucking wind. And then they like keep me on a recess, you know, the whole oh. rest of the year and shit. When it's like, dude, I can just go out there and like sit under the fucking tire like a loner, you know. Where I, I'm not gonna have an asthma attack in the cold. I can just like get in the big tire. I like it under there anyway. But no, they keep me in there in the computer with like one other fucking weird kid, you know? 
Oh, that's too bad. Too weird to play a recess. Come on, man. Yeah, fuck that. That's ableist. But, so, <laughs> I, in that sense, I kind of don't consider that hospital trip to be, like, count. I don't think it counts for huh. me. Because I think, even though it qualifies, I mean, it's it's the first time I was there as a patient. It really is. But yeah. when I think of it, like, the first traumatic, like, hospital experience was when I fell off the top of my bunk bed when I was a kid. Oh, that's a great story. I hit though. the corner of the bookshelf <laughs> with the, my forehead, and I just started bleeding all over. My sister was underneath me, so I landed, like, on top of her. Because we were, like, making this. We had a bunk bed system, top bunk, bottom bunk, and I was tucking in the blanket in the top bunk. And we were, like, making, like, a blanket fort thing, you know, like you do with bunk beds. So I was leaning down to give her this fucking blanket, and I just leaned too far and, like, right over the side of the bunk bed. <sighs> right off the corner of the bookshelf and so i'm bleeding and like blood's running into my eye like it's a pretty deep gash for me it just feels like i got hit in the head like it hurts but i'm like stunned but i'm not freaking out or like crying or anything and then my sister looks at me and she's like blood you know she's like you're bleeding everywhere we gotta tell mom and dad i'm like we're not telling mom and dad (laughs) we're not telling mom and dad and he's like she just fucking runs out she's not even letting me like she just runs out Cause she had the wind knocked out of her, but like as soon as she could figure it out, as soon as she could move, I was trying to like get the bleeding to stop. She just fucking dipped downstairs to my parents. Oh no! Who were like playing centipede on a PlayStation? <laughs> <clears throat> so it, like, I, I think the- it runs in the family. I was about seven or eight, like uh, Lionel was saying. So my asthma stuff was younger too, so it didn't really, I think, maybe affect me as much. Because when yeah. you're young, like, even if you're in trouble, you kind of figure your parents have it, like, covered anyway, you know? Now, I've heard that story told by multiple family members. <laughs> and I know your mom always says, when your sister ran into the room and said, uh, she said, <laughs> I think what she was saying was, Spence's cut. But yeah. your mom heard guts. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so she was got herself all psyched out. Before going yeah, up to you. she was all fucked up because she thought I was going to be, like, holding an eyeball in my hand or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Because my sister said, like, Spence fell and he's got cuts all over him. Oh, or he's got right. cuts on him. Spence fell and he's got cuts on him, but she thought... She uh, my guts. sister said, Spence fell and he's got guts on him. Fucking Ooh. Jesus. But luckily what? that was not the case. But we got... I had to get taken to the hospital and get stitches. I was... I'm always cool in, like, stupid situations like that. I'm like, uh, I kind of snap into action and just like focus and think about first aid and is everyone all right and shit. So when I just got in the van, like, oh, we're going to go to the hospital and I'm like laying back because this is late at night. Mm. We're driving a good like 15 minutes to the hospital and uh, I'm just like, I'm feeling it. It's really dark. I'm laying back. I'm like, man, I'm really sleepy. I think I'm just going to like oh no, no sleep on the way. And they're like, don't fall asleep. You, <laughs> if you have a concussion, like just... You don't want to fall asleep. I don't know what the hell that meant or anything. But I was like, all right, I'm, I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm like, <laughs> snap right awake. And then I just got stitches in my head. They called me oh. Iserman because Steve Iserman was like a big guy on the Red Wings at the time. You know, and he was always getting like smacked in the face and stitched up and shit. So <laughs> my dad called me Iserman. Well, you know, I guess if you can't see it too, like you can't see them putting those stitches in, like that's kind of a nice First yeah. time for a terrible situation. Yeah, that was actually nice. I didn't see it. I didn't think about that. <laughs> to pull a positive out of the, your trauma here. <laughs> I just have a little like. Yeah, you've got a little st- scar there. Stylish eyebrow scar. 
it's pretty cool. I shaved my eyebrow like that once. <laughs> yeah, it's like one you'd pick in a video game, just put like right here. Yeah, yeah. just that diagonal line right across. Yeah, <laughs> cool as fuck. <laughs> Face scars. Not the dope. boy who lived, but the boy who fell out of a bank bunk bed <laughs> at a young age. <laughs> uh, well, uh, my first time being admitted as a patient is gross. I had just gotten into public school. This was third grade, so I also was around seven or eight. And they had hot dogs for school lunch. Oh, God. <laughs> and I had my hot dog, whatever. <laughs> I got. I started not feeling good, like, at the end of the school day. But I'm, I feel also I'm good at, like, breathing and, like, keeping my composure is really important to me. I don't want to panic other people by being panicked myself. But I got home and I just knew I was sick some way or another. I didn't know how I was going to be sick, but I was like, this is not good. And uh, I, I pre-warned everyone, pre-warned the grandparents. I was like, not feeling good? Probably going to puke. It's going to be okay. But I ended up having explosive puking top side, bottom side, Every which way, I was just exploding. <laughs> like, I did not make it to the bathroom, Yikes. which was the first panic. But then it just kept going, just explosive barfing. I've never barfed like this ever again in my life. It was explosive <laughs> and diarrhea. Jesus. And so it freaked my grandparents the fuck out. They were like... Yeah, that's like size I, of demons I couldn't... I, right? <laughs> that's exactly what Catholic grandpa was thinking, uh -huh. I assure you. Uh, but anyways... So I tried eating some stuff, couldn't do anything. And then it was just bile. You know, you just get to that point where there's just like nothing to come out, but you're still getting shit coming out. And I was pale as fuck and laying on the floor and like <laughs> uncapable of moving, like being sleepy. So they just finally put me in the car and started driving to the hospital to, put, to bring me to the ER. On our way there, we got pulled over by a cop for speeding. And I remember I had the trash bucket back there and my grandma sat in the back seat with me and my grandpa was driving and so the cop came up to the window and was just like do you know how fast you're going and like right as he did that i'm just like burping and belching and puking and just like pale white like green you know like just gross looking all sweaty and a mess and so my grandpa's just like okay i'm taking her to the hospital though and the cop just immediately was like oh shit i see like okay like be safe and that was such a lucky situation. This is what, early 2000s? Things were kind of okay back then. <laughs> that relationship. Now it would be like, I still need your ID. I still need a blah, blah, blah. No. But anyways, we get to the hospital. And I was like, I already had my aversion to needles. And so I'm laying in the hospital bed. And I'm like, what are they going to do to me? What are they going to do to me? And uh, the nurse was like, well, first I'm going to give you some ginger ale with ice and some crackers, and we're going to see if you can keep that down. And if you can't, you're going to have to get hooked up to an IV, you know, and get some sustenance in you. You're dehydrated, so I didn't be surprised they didn't just immediately put me on an IV. But, dude, I drank that ginger ale so slowly and carefully, and I really fucking meditated on my breathing and just, like, not being there and being, like, I'm, my mind suddenly shifted to I'm not getting a fucking needle in my arm. And I got out of there without getting a needle in my arm. They sent me back. Damn. My grandparents felt so stupid for bringing me there in the first place. I bet. But, like, I really was sick. But that lady just threatening me with a needle was enough. Yep. I didn't get sick for the rest of the night. I was good. 
just crazy. I mean, I don't know if it was food poisoning. I only remember the it was hot dogs because you know you have to see it all again. <laughs> so it was that was the most <laughs> oh, traumatic no. part for me. Oh, it was no. just, Rest in peace, yeah. hot dogs. Rest in pieces. Yeah. So, anyways, that's my first time. Um, it was gross. <laughs> gross day. Do we have any more voicemails? Uh, we actually, I was about to dive into this text that Farmer Todd sent. Oh yeah, Todd Farmer sent Todd's in. text. He f- he felt like he was a little overambitious with the voicemail, and so he went back to text. He's texted oh. us before, but I assure you, Farmer Todd, you're a star of the voicemail box. Yeah, it was epic. And you have nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, Farmer Todd, going to use the text again so I don't space out. Now, if it's more helpful, this is a thing too, if it's more helpful to text the line, um, that's fine too. In fact, if you text me a fucking cold read, that was some fun shit too. And that was a lot of fun. I got a half a mind to be texted cold reads if you like want to hear more of that. Uh, Farmer Todd, going to use the text again so I don't space out. FTIE went to the hospital because I was born in a barn. Was when I was about two. My mom Dope tells barn me birth. <laughs> barn birth based and barn pilled. Yeah, that's very cool. <laughs> um, when I was about two, my mom tells me the story, and traumatic events are burned into our brains, so I have foggy visions of it too. Uh, my mom was super prego, and I was in tow, maybe two years old, walking down the sidewalk in my hometown to attend a local festival. I reached down to grab a cigarette, but um, oh shit. I reached down to grab a cigarette, but I thought it was cool, and she stepped on my fingers. Oh, no. Uh not touch that butt. Her big belly blocked my digits from view, and she was wearing those wooden clogs that were so popular in 81. Two fingernails were ripped clean off, but none were broken. I went to the hospital, and probably <laughs> oh, no. they sprayed iodine or mercuochrome, is that right, onto it, with uh, much pain. God, that sounds Mercurochrome? Sorry, I was asking. Uh, may, perhaps. I feel like I've heard that Doug people Doug has said it. it in his uh, book yes. that we're listening to on Audible. But keep going, sorry. One thing's got to oh, stay. Oh, okay, this is, tra- oh, this is a traumatic story. <laughs> he says, hey, I'm still here, and I've had a few broken bones and tons of stitches since. Lucky to have a great little hospital in my rural town. Keep your bowls bright, and always demand freedom. Yeah. Freedom indeed, Farmer Todd. Freedom indeed. I think we all appreciate a little bit of freedom in our wives. <laughs> and he sent us a picture. Oh, yucky duck. Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> and this was when I was trying to kill a rat in the basement, and this super sharp axe got me. Fourteen oh, no. stitches later, the nurse wanted my number. Hey, yo, hey. Farmer Todd. <laughs> and she was super hot. But I'm all in with the wife and three kids, obviously. My brother drove me. I mean, my brother drove me there, and he's 15 years younger. And hotter and more ripped. Nope. <laughs> we left all the way home. Dang. Oh, man. <laughs> Dang. Dang. Oh, Farmer Todd. Fuck you. Yeah, that was a hell of a story. <laughs> that is a gnarly looking thumb, man. Do you want to post that? You, you want to see that in the bowl? <laughs> I'm not going to post unless Farmer Todd no, says it's No, it's up okay. to Farmer Todd to post unless, it. Yeah, unless yeah. he says it's okay. If he wants to share with everyone. Yeah. Well, because, see, I can post <sighs> it for him since he's posted it here, and then he won't have to use no internets to do it. Oh, yes, yes. Good point. That's the way to do her. Um, and then we have one more voicemail. All right, let's listen. Let's listen. What up? Uh, first time I was ever hospitalized. It's boobs. Uh, it was a Saturday. 
and I was at Kickback Jack's with my ex-girlfriend. We were eating dinner, and about halfway through eating my popcorn shrimp, shit just started to feel kind of weird, and I lost my appetite. Didn't think about it all that much. Uh, the next day passed, and I just started feeling like super gross to my stomach. You know, you know, very like upset. Started taking Pepto and all this shit. Nothing seemed to work. Uh, next day, so this would have been what Monday. Um, started taking heavier medications. I was like, man, I feel like trash, and I'm still, you know, doing like 21 uh, credit hours in my job and these other various shows and all this shit uh tuesday rolls around and i go to try and use the restroom i mean this is the part where it hurts to sit it hurts to stand it just hurts to exist Uh and uh tuesday i I go to try and use the restroom and i can't in that part i go oh fuck and tell my ex-girlfriend who freaks out because i'm a you know, I'm not a. I gotta go to the hospital for everything. Right. You know, I try to avoid that shit like yeah. the plague. Fucking Amy, too, man. <laughs> and she drives me to the ER. There are sometimes it can't be helped, start man. Poking around on my gut, Oof. and they're like, "Oh, we think you have appendicitis." And oh. I was able to confirm that when they hit where the appendix was, and I about rolled off the table because it hurt so much. Oof. So, anyways, um, I go to get the operation done. It's only supposed to be half an hour. It ends up taking an hour and a half. Uh, there's some other weird shit that was happening with my parents. That was the first time I had talked to them in about eight months uh, is when I woke up right before operation. Damn. And it turns out that my appendix had removed itself mm. and was sitting in about 13 pieces because it had gotten so infected that it ruptured. Whoa. And uh, it was one of those situations where the doctors were like, yeah, if you had waited, you know, like – four or six more hours yeah probably nothing we could have done for you the reason i don't trust the healthcare providers is they kept me in the hospital for six days and mm. this is the first and i swear to god only time i will ever fuck with morphine ever again they were giving me morphine but they wouldn't let me leave without a bowel movement oh fuck mm. but the problem is morphine yep. shuts your body down hmm. and they're like oh we'll give them laxatives you can't so poop on opiates man i got morphine and laxatives just fighting my in my body oh, and my like God. making me violently sick and i'm throwing yeah. up all the time it just it was horrible fuck that. finally my friend's mom who's an audiologist was like they're giving you morphine and laxatives at the same time what the fuck so, yeah anyways long story short welcome who's out? clap for your nurse the coronavirus has killed, uh, according to official butthole numbers, over two hundred thousand, over three hundred thousand now. It's probably been so long since I looked in the fucking. It's probably they're probably closing in on three hundred and thirty-three thousand, three hundred thirty-three or some fucking odd whatever they're going to land on. And in that case, you got the ventilator issues. Malpractice, fucking people. <laughs> Malpractice at the low end kills like four hundred thousand people in a year, just from fuck ups. Mm-hmm. Just from fuck ups, because someone's like gets a chart wrong or isn't paying attention or. Or is trying to feed you morphine and laxatives <laughs> to get you off of the fucking plate and get somebody else on the plate because it's like a fast food restaurant Jesus, yeah. that runs our healthcare system. Our healthcare system is run like a fast food restaurant <laughs> rather than a fucking healthcare system. That's the real problem. It's not a political problem. Yeah, it's a problem of retardation for profit. Yep. Big ass number. Big ass scam like everything else right now. Oof. Blah, don't get me started. Don't get me thought in the bowl. We're behind a car. I'm trying to relax. <laughs> Do you have any more voicemails? That was the last one. Uh, by the way, it came in at 11.11, so Booberry bo- oh. gets a wish. Booby wish. Make a wish, boobs. Sorry. 
I was looking over your shoulder to make sure you didn't skip any. <laughs> Do you believe there's another one? <laughs> no. Is there something you know that I don't know about the no. voicemail box? I thought I thought I um, saw an unread one when I was wrong. I've triple checked because I got extra <laughs> embarrassed. I, I missed a fl- <laughs> Fletcher voicemail two shows ago, which is like, you'd think they'd be the most obvious one that <laughs> you're just not going to miss. Um, well, it's all right. He missed I, your voicemail, I can see too. The, you know, <laughs> like the, the week after. I that. can see the number unless you star six, seven, which... Is yeah. a thing you can do. If you feel you must, you can do that for sure. I don't think there's like a big reason to do that, but no one does that in real life so far. But I just want to say the option is there. Nick the Rat is so much better at that than me. He's like, I don't want to dox people, uh, so I'm going to put your name out there on the chat. <laughs> Which is smart. I should be better at that, but I just don't like think about that shit. I had a story I forgot to mention, and I'll just do like the quick update. Sure. But... um. Lisa Montgomery, she was scheduled to be executed January 12th. That's right. Then they said, oh, her attorneys had the Rona. You know, you can't just, like, schedule her, uh, reschedule her while they're trying to file this clemency petition. Um, And it turned out that the judge in D.C. said that's wrong to the um, appeals court judge who had ruled that. (laughs) And so her execution's back on for... January twelfth. Oh dang! What a fucking roller coaster that story has been. No shit. And then, but of course, like I uh, mentioned when I very first a week talked from about it, I did not mean for this to be a story that goes week after week after week. Early, it was a one-time thing. I thought I mean, we'll have we'll have your official answer like in the but, next episode. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, they kept it, it's a part. It's a partisan story. Yeah, you know they made it partisan, and so now her attorneys uh, said today that they're trying to take it to the Supreme Court, and they tried to get it in front of Trump himself, and they're like, "You can be a hero, spare this mentally ill woman's life. She I'm was already a hero Come as a on. child." And I'm just like, dude, he brought back, he started getting death row moving again. Like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. So January twelfth is the date. And um, we'll keep watching it. I also wanted to note as a follow-up to last week, I was talking about states to watch in 2021 for weed. Yeah. Um, Texas has been added to that list officially. Red alert, red alert, Texas. More than 20 weed bills have been pre-filed for this legislative session. So. Bong rip karma to you, Texas. May your steps go ever in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> May you have more freedom. <laughs> freedom unto you, Texas. Freedom unto you. <laughs> um, and then a few of the bills are looking to expand their like um, compassionate care uh, laws that they have with, you know, like CBD. Um, but yeah, anyway. The uh, New Jersey governor hasn't signed adult use into legislation yet because of that bill that was coming through that mm. would um, remove penalties for minors in possession. It would remove penalties for anyone in possession up to six ounces. And he's saying, he's calling on his lawmakers to impose civil penalties of 250 to 500 bucks for use in possession of those under 21. He's not budging on just signing both bills. Hmm. Which was my already no. wrong prediction. Eliminate all. Eliminate all. Exactly. Of the penalties. It's like because a penalty 
These are kids' lives we're talking record. about. Record. It's all that it does. It's a record. Yeah. What they should do is what they've done in a lot of places that allow like the SIS at least. If you're going to like do something and have a fine imposed, which is still fucking bullshit, but if you're going to do it that way, you should do it in a way that doesn't cause a true conviction or permanent record like SIS. When really it's just a fucking scam of a tool in the first place. You should just, <laughs> the shit should just be legal, you know? Yep. That's what's upsetting about all of it. You have to know these like fucking extra tricks to get conned less in the con. Fucking ridiculous. It's like uh, when you get a speeding ticket and then you get like a lawyer. They, you, yeah. You wag your fingers in the air like he took care of it, you know? Yep. <laughs> and Poof, they, pre- they pretend like, you know, it's, well, it's not always a sure deal. It's not always a sure bet. Like, I don't know. No, I just pay extra money to take care of it. <laughs> There's people that do that for a living. Yeah, they crank mm-hmm. them out. Uh, surprising 2021 news, at least to me. Ooh. But the DEA published its final rule to expand the number of federally approved cultivators. Um, so, you know, University of Mississippi has been able to grow pot for the federal government for patients yep. that are recognized by the federal government. Uh, and they've had a monopoly on that this whole time and all the research that could potentially come along with it. Well, I guess that the DEA is going to be awarding between three and 15 licenses to other probably universities as early as this month. It's good shit. Nice. Yep. Yep. I guess in the name of research, even though there's thousands and thousands of studies published on weed. It's a step in the right direction. Here we go again. Oh, uh, and then um, Montana, their adult use market's ready to go. Law took nice. effect January first. That's f- so they're full legal now. Yep, tight. Good well, for you, Montana. Yeah, adult use. We could have been in. The, we could have been so early in that fucking fight. We're the fucking Missouri. show me state. Yeah, we could have been. We didn't show anyone. No, nope. still not. No, we cucked to industry fucks. <sighs> Makes you sick. In sixteen, and it's still being implemented, and it's like barely starting to be implemented right now. Mm. But thank God it was a. It's a step in the right direction. After <laughs> all. all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction. After all. After all. Yes, it's a step in the right fucking direction. <clears throat> I uh, I mean, you warned everyone this show was going long, so can I, I want to put in my last weed story that I have? Yeah, yeah. Which was you just did, you did all this prep, dude. I, ju- I told everybody it was going to be a long one, and we're yeah. not quite at three hours, so we can still get her done under three. Yeah. Um. So there was an article for predictions for Cali weed, and like the for twenty twenty one. Yeah. And um, some of the thoughts of what's going to start rolling out. I guess that. California had three state departments overseeing the industry. So there was the Bureau of Cannabis Control for retailers and distributors and testing facilities. Uh, Then the Department of Food and Agriculture was over the cultivators. And then the Department of Public Health was overseeing product manufacturers. So, like, for people to communicate in this industry is just a completely broken up process. So their prediction is that that's going to be streamlined this year. And I guess it was supposed to happen last summer, but of course with the fucking scamdemic going on, everything just got delayed. And uh, Newsom's had it, this uh, streamlining, in his budget for since the beginning of 2020, just January 2020. So that's just a matter of time before rolling out. 
Then they're predicting that regional marketing uh, will be legalized. Because there's a provision for it in Prop 64 that passed in 2016. Interesting. Regional marketing. <laughs> so so you can start like advertising <laughs> tourist shit in other states. Exactly. You can start marketing with the city, county, regional names. So it's like Napa Valley for wine. You know, now yep. we'll have Humboldt for weed, and they can actually advertise like that. Well, However. They've had Humboldt for weed for many decades. But well, now yes, they can put but it now on they TV. can put it on packaging and right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's interesting though is that there's a stipulation that only weed grown in the ground using soil from the region with no artificial light or structures can qualify for using the region's name in its marketing. It gotta be that outdoor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, in a way, I <laughs> like that. It's like, yeah, it's authentic. It's literally from that region. Real Colorado weed, bro. It's fucking fantastic. But, you know, there's a fuck ton of people uh, who just, you know, hey, they got out- their work done inside. Hey, like. Outdoor done right is fucking wonderful, beautiful. Well, and it's plant. truly one of a kind then. If you're using that soil from that region, you're like, yeah. this is that weed. Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. It's no, you're n- right about that. Yeah. So um, Altitude, but, all of that. Uh, but the, the kicker to that is that uh, no cities in L.A., Orange, or Riverside counties allow outdoor growing. So there's Damn. those growers are automatically out of this uh, marketing potential. That's isn't that stupid? You can't grow a plant outside. It's totally it cool if stupid. you guys grow this plant inside, but oh, please don't don't drop the seeds outside. Like, what if it spreads, guys? Come on. <laughs> Think of the children. No, I don't know. It's just crazy. Um. And then there's, of course, a prediction for more reforms to pass in California. And I guess once the ball starts rolling in a state, like I predict, we'll be seeing an adult market here by the next presidential election. I'm not going to be an eager beaver about how it's going to roll out. Right. um, And then the last prediction for Cali is that companies are going to merge or sell out pretty uh, rapidly this year, hmm. um, mostly because of effects from the scamdemic, which is kind of interesting because I'm like, well, you guys, we did great yeah, during the Rona. definitely um, did, for sure. But they were talking about a lot of companies grew too big too fast. I'm sure. So they had to either file for bankruptcy or lay off a bunch of people. Um, and they're also talking about how right now the market is just ripe for multi-state firms to start buying up smaller operators. Yeah. Um, so a lot of mergers predicted. And that made sense to me. And it's crazy, too, because it's like, I man. Think, yeah, that's just a business cycle type thing, you know. Yeah, That's just definitely. a snapshot of where a certain industry is at a certain period of time. I don't think it's like anything good or bad necessarily. No, but it's interesting that people will be... Oh, these multi-state firms will be in such a good position if federal rolls out. Because then it's like, oh, yep, interstate uh, travel, transport, it's all yeah. cool. We're, we're Hey, well, we got Cali weed, we got Missouri weed, we got Colorado to, weed. To take a business model perspective on it, you know, that positioning might even be signaling coming legislation, you know. Sometimes yeah, business only moves that way if they know that it's going to be worth their while in the near long term, you know. Mm-hmm. So that Good could, point. that in and of itself could be a f- signal of federal movements to come. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're uh, going to save the bowling session for next week? I can save it for next week. We've yeah. run off a long. Well, yeah. I appreciate all the bowlers hanging in there. For hanging sure. Hanging out with us in the bowl Absolutely. tonight. 
and everyone listening in this the future. Has been quite an epic bowl after bowl. Yes. And um, I'm actually, ex- I'm excited to see where the lightning takes you. <laughs> I'm super excited too because, and uh, I mean, I guess for people who have hung it out to almost the three hour mark here, what we need to evangelize and think about in this podcasting 2.0. Uh, money sharing thing that's coming out that's just now starting uh, really even hasn't started yet is this could potentially be the lifeblood of a new industry that can remain independent for people or can be adapted for people who want to collaborate or want to be a big ad agency like they can also do it too everyone can do it too it's going to open up niche spots where you can say carve out for yourself let's say you are an end of show mix guy and you have um, end of show mix feed that you put out. You could even put your song out on a feed that's just an open thing that you can say, hey, play my shit on your show, uh, and this is the split that I want for it. And then you can release a feed that just says that, and then everybody that uses your clip is going to be splitting you sets on every one of their shows. Uh, if you are a guy that's like really good at compiling best ofs, and you've got like best of mashups of your favorite shows... You make a feed, and it's that show, and they just you guys agree on a split. These are contracts that can be happening between just two individuals. Every show has the potential to hire somebody based on that. Every person who is a producer has a product to sell to a show based on that. So cool. It's fucking awesome, and you can clip me saying it and tell everybody because it's cool shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm passionate about it, man. It's, it's going to be fun. And I'll echo Adam Curry in saying that I really feel like this is our year, man. We'll see you uh, a week from now. Same bowl time, same bowl channels. I've been Sir Spencer, the Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame Dolorian. No matter what happens in the coming days. And until next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's like, ah, right, cool, kinky, yeah, right, ah, nice. You'd love it. You'd, you'd, you'd love it. Yes. Yes. You'd, you'd, you'd love it. That feels so good. <laughs>